coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Two thirty-five. We're playing. You made some noise for my friend, my brother Troy. Welcome to the pod, man. Appreciate it, Elders. Good to be here. Glad to be here, man. Two thirty-five. Two hundred is going up. It's. You know we do it all around here. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> Look, that's how you've been since I met you, bro. Yeah, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> These white people gonna love me. I'm gonna get hot on the spot. Your book. Appreciate it, man. Homeless and homeless in Dallas. Come on, man. Homeless Talk to me Dallas. about the name. Before long, we was home. We was homeless, and I say homeless because that, like, right before you get homeless, because you were right there. I work so hard. I said, yeah, it's like we kind of live here, baby. You know, pretty much. But <laughs> well, they actually go out and count county. homeless people on the street. Wow. They're not accounting for couch homeless people. Go to your favorite one. Okay. First up, eat your burger, drink your beer because time is precious. So long story short. How do you write? So the highest compliment I ever got on my writing was I heard your voice while I was reading it. I re- this kind of motivated me. You know what I'm saying? Let's just go. Like, just, Put it back in your just, hand, man. Let's, let's go. <laughs> I love the work. And is it a part two? Sharing things with other people. Like, what does our sandwich mean for ourselves, right? We had started buying furniture on Craigslist bit by bit. <sighs> to give from Dallas to New York, from New York to L.A. and L.A. back to Dallas on spirit. Was there advice from an older person? I called him for advice after I got fired. So, so hindsight, what would you do different? Um, you don't, you're not really successful until you start turning down good opportunities. That's a sign of true success. Like, you know, what I'm saying, shout out to Cozart. Not necessarily for myself. Somebody hit me up yesterday, and they were like, "Yo." I'm here with somebody and they know you. <laughs> and that's always. <laughs> Ikigai is, is, is like that pretty much. Homeless in Dallas, a collection of true short stories about a time in my life spent chasing a dream. <clears throat> ready? Born ready. Wednesday. Time for your favorite podcast, the favorite podcast. Long time coming on this interview. Vibe with me for a minute. Yup, yup. Yo, hey, let's go. All I see is imposters. Niggas postures is al dente. Rarely kick it without a sensei. Just brick late. We cut the cornerstone and scrape the excess mortar with a switch blade. Ain't no pretty y'all. glass houses this way. Y'all got the drip thing, all this secondhand smoke. I pass. Perpetually bitch man, watch it secondhand coast. No doubt. Niggas can miss me with the switch. If you don't use you know the vibe. Gaps. Don't want to see ceilings told. Niggas, no cap. Don't want any feelings. I told the dentist, no cap. No strap. But he just as lethal. Desert Eagle through the sands of time. No feathers feeble. I wear the storms and did the Panama. I rarely speak them. The power palpable hands talk about it when you greet him. We move We're to the like What's up, family? You tune into the Just Out the Podcast. How did podcast ever hit the airwaves? I'm super excited. We're about to record the greatest episode we've ever seen. I say it every time and I mean it every single time. 
Welcome, 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 welcome back. Episode 235. Episode 235. I'm telling y'all, the 200s are going. Fast. <laughs> the 200s fast, are fast, going. Fast, fast, 235. Quit playing. Um, hope y'all enjoyed last week. Not last week. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed Saturday's episode. Um, Big Horn, man. <clears throat> that dude, man, is funny, bro. Like, not only is he funny, uh, man, he's a definition of uh, limits to lemonade. Like, of what I've seen somebody take a life traumatic experience and turn it into something that's beautiful for him. Love the brother. Look forward to working with him. And I was wearing his shirt. I was actually about to wear one on the pod there. I was wearing his shirt. Everybody was feeling that shit. Um, which, which, one, which one you had on? I had about three, but I bought two of the same, just different color. One of them said... Uh, get money, stay free. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was liking that yeah, one, yeah, and then like, that's one I like. That's one I like. Then he had the other boy with the uh, he he had the other one that was a picture of the black man throwing the hat up with the white boy punching him. Oh, I didn't a, know you had that one. Yeah, okay. It's a blue shirt that say crew on the back. <laughs> so I haven't wore that one yet, but he got I got two. So I like that. I like shout that. out to Big Horn man, but we're gonna get into it today. Uh, today, man, uh, this brother I've been. Man, how many years? I feel like I've been knowing you. Got to be close to 10 now. About, it's been 10? Got to, because it was what, Brittany? Working with Brittany back then? Damn. <laughs> Has Brittany ever been on this podcast? Damn. No, she hasn't. Probably Brittany. not. Brittany. Yeah, I don't know Brittany. No. Shout out bar friend of Brittany. Yeah, bar friend of Brittany. Uh, <laughs> also, what's the trivia? Uh, Are you an ATL in trivia? ATL in trivia. Right. Oh, that Brittany. Yeah, I, yeah. I, has she been on? I, I don't think, think so. Probably not. Are you sure? I'm telling you, I don't remember. Damn, I would remember. I, I got to dig through the crates. I got to dig through the crates. Dig in the crates. <laughs> yeah. You got to dig in the crates. I, I remember, are you an ATL? I remember that. Yeah, because we, we don't did work mm-hmm. with her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe it was some work. Maybe she went on the pod. Yeah, maybe, so okay. that's how I met this brother, man. Uh, this guy is, man, he's a, a leader. He's an author, uh, a connector, friend of the city. Uh Used to work with my cousin, <laughs> two Troys at Mailchimp. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, what's up? What's up with him? By the way, where's he at? How's he doing? Man, he's doing good. He's okay, doing good. He's Namaste. Right. Yeah, he's a, he's a yogi now. Okay, you know okay. Heavy, heavy on the yogi. I like it. Uh, so yeah, man, ladies and gentlemen, please make some noise for my friend, my brother Troy. Welcome to the pod, man. Appreciate it, Elvis. Good to be here. Glad to be here, man. Two thirty-five, two hundred's going up. It's I'm yeah. I'm I'm honored, like you said, long time coming, man. So, oh well, yeah, and co-founder of Grits and Gospel. <laughs> that's right, that's yeah. right. That's the yeah, digital domain, man. We write on there, a team full of writers that's talking about whether it's sports, Black history. Sometimes I do a book report on a good book that I read, um, poetry, humor, lifestyle, you name it, man. So, shout out to my co-founder Sam Floyd up in New York too. Uh-huh. Nice Grits and Gospel. Grits and Gospel, yeah, and it's not about food or religion, really. That's just a a fun little way of uh, saying that we can do the stuff that sticks to your ribs. So, mm, you know, mm, and make you want to tell the world about it. That's okay. the gospel. Oh, all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you know, we do it all around here. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> Look, that's how you've been since I met you, bro. And you're getting actually better at it, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely getting better, man. Getting stronger. Uh, yeah. 
But yeah, man. So I, I never knew that. You know, I always thought it was like a, a religion gospel thing. Nah, man. My favorite. We were talking about before you got here, man. You like, oh, so it's gospel. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't necessarily know of a gospel, but yeah, because yeah, I, I asked because he you told me it was grits and gospels. So I was like, is it? So you finna have a gospel artist in here? Like, do we gotta? You like? I don't know. And then I actually went to went to church earlier this week, yeah, which is crazy. And you, and you mentioned church. I was like, so yeah, that's right. crazy. Actually, <laughs> it, that's I don't know if y'all want to talk about it now, but that's like um. A lesson in branding, I would say, because I think we made it when we was like mid twenties, mm-hmm. and it's just like a fun thing. We like the alliteration of it, the G and G. Like if you go to the website, the logo is like two G's on top of each other, which make an ampersand. The grits and gospel. Okay, Ooh, it, it really is like <laughs> it really is like a most deaf line from like a from like a J Electronica song, and it's like just the idea of the things that like really mean the most to us, like. And, uh, but now looking through it, looking back on it, we re- sometimes we want to refer to ourselves as just G and G because it gets people in the mood. Like, what y'all make cookbooks? Or what is it like a, a daily bread type situation? Or I tell people yeah. I'm a writer at Grits and Gospel. They're expecting to hear. Gospel um, stuff. Right. And so that's, that's limited us in some ways, but it also has, uh, attracted I, people to us. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a way to propel it. Yeah. More than anything. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily see it as a limitation because at the end of the day, Everyone loves grits, right? <laughs> That's damn true. And people might not like religion, but people fuck with gospel. Yeah. If that makes I sense. I can dig it. And it's, it's relative, too, yeah, to you know your point. Right. You know what I'm saying? So gospel is gospel music. I don't care how much you don't fuck with the church. When that motherfucker crying in that room, yeah. you're not playing Lil Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you feeling everybody it. Everybody got that one Yolanda Adams album <laughs> track. Everybody got that one track that yeah. gets you right. Yeah. That's and true. it's gospel. And a lot of these hood motherfuckers went to vacation Bible school <laughs> with their grandma. So, like, gospel, nobody mad at. Yeah. People mad at. Now, if you would have said grits in church, we ain't fucking with it. That's a good, you, that's you know, a really good delineation. Like, yeah, no there problem. is a difference between the church and the gospel. Gospel is anything you, that's true to you. Yeah. You know? That's what I'm saying. And the whole definition of gospel being good news, all of it, that's, that's the New Testament. That's. Gospel doesn't have a negative connotation. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's limiting. I think there's a way to leverage it and win. And I like the alliteration of it. Yeah, it, like it's it. fun. But every time somebody asks me what, if we're reading from the book of Ecclesiastes or, yeah, yeah. or, or, or Corinthians, I don't have nothing to tell them, you know? So I got to kind of balance it <laughs> That's out. That's what makes it fun. So, and then keep it to you, I'm big on names too. Like on naming stuff, that shit is fun to me. Like, so it's like, I like it. I yeah. like it. So man, it, man, yeah, talk to it, man. Um, I'm gonna be real with you, bro. Like you got a lot of uh range. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of things that you into from grits and gospel to being a marketing guru, uh specifically email marketing guru, right. um, to uh just being a supporter of brands like Britney. I see you always supporting all this stuff. Also, Go ahead and grab it, man. You see, it's on the table. I, it was on the table before you even got here. I was about to say, I didn't know if you had it already on there. <laughs> nah, no, nah, it's out here. Also, being an author. I appreciate that, man. You know what I'm saying? So, like, let's, let's get it all into it, man. First of all, where you from, Trey? I'm from here. Well, I was born in California, so Bay Area, about San Jose. Okay. How long you stayed um, there? That was about three. Right? Matter of fact, we moved here on my fourth birthday. My fourth birthday? I've uh, been in, been in, lived in Decatur growing up, Western Chapel. Yeah, so you Atlanta. You Atlanta. Kid. Right. Yeah. Right, and it's really hard to meet people. Eastside, Eastside, exactly from Atlanta, because it's a city full of transplants of people like our age. Right. Then you find out, like, oh, it's hard to meet people born in Atlanta. And yeah. then I say it to people all the time because I got people from DC, Chicago, LA, Miami, whatever out here. 
Then I sit down and think about it. Well, I guess I was born <laughs> in California, my damn so even though I've been here for, you know, almost yeah, 30 yeah. years. I think, I think, <laughs> I always tell people, if you've done elementary here, right. you've done middle school, you've done high, I mean, what more can we act for? Like, yeah, right. I would say you Atlanta. Uh, of course I am. But yeah, it's just yeah. funny because even as I'm saying it, I ain't no Grady baby too. So right. I, I got to be true to that Damn. fact. Damn. <laughs> what high school? Shambling, DeKalb County. Oh, okay. That's actually when I met Brittany. She went to Jewel Hill. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Y'all, y'all on that good side of the gap. <laughs> yeah, it was a long that's night de- for Western <laughs> Chapel. I'll tell you that that's much. That's definitely the good side. That, that ain't that ain't their redam, yeah, boy. Yeah, look, ain't nothing wrong with redam, man. That was, that was right up the street from my house. You know, just magnet program. I fought with redam. I just said it wasn't redam. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you Shout out Tim Jones. Redam. Uh, nah, so like uh, school, college, you with yep. the fam, right? That's right, man. Fam, you leave. Now, is. I ain't gonna lie. The, Damn, the boy, fam, fam alumni, strong, yeah. the, the we fam is strong, but the alumni is like they like new birth members. Yeah, <laughs> I, man, I was I was like I was this close to going to fam, bro. It was between yeah. Fort Valley and fam. Word. And the only reason why I chose Fort Valley was because they was offering more money mm. and the dorms looked better. Okay, y'all had Jeff built a new one. Exactly. Shout out to H.J. Russell. Yeah. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. Y'all yeah. yeah, doing was just kind of yeah, came was, back yeah. around when when I was when yeah. we first went. It was kind of like okay, cool. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. we got a bed, we got a bathroom, and, and, and we in the middle of Florida. We just going <laughs> everything else is up <laughs> in the air. And then it was uh, and then it was like I was out of state too. So if I would have went to fam, it was bare bones minimum as far as like I, I would have to make the different stuff. And my parents weren't playing that. Yeah. But my boy Parham went. Jamal, shout out to Jamal Parham. He went. Nice. I know. I know. As a matter of fact, I think I know Jamal. Yeah, with dark skin, yellow fro. No, it's different Jamal. Different Jamal. Two A Jamal. Mine's a two A's. Okay, okay. Or three, technically. Yeah, man. So, uh, fam, you. Um, like I said, y'all, y'all alumni base super strong. All right yeah. Did Brittany go to fan? Well, she went to Clark. She went to, uh, no, she went to Georgia State. Actually. Georgia State. Oh, mm-hmm. man. She stayed local. The other HBCU. Yeah. Honorary HBCU. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, this is not an ad, but <laughs> I'm definitely pushing all the young brothers I'm working with right now. Okay. Georgia State. No, they, it's just lit. Georgia State is, you're going to get the, like, specifically my nephew. Okay. So he's a junior right now. He wants to do music. Okay. Um, so I'm like, instead of going to, because I'm not all the way sold on him going to music rap, instead of going it. to a school that's specifically for, like, the music, the recording, all that, and they're going to charge you 200000 let's go to Georgia State. They're going to have just as good equipment, if not better. Mm-hmm. You're going to still be downtown. So in Atlanta, you can politic with right. the music scene. Right. And you're going to be exposed to other degrees. Like, mm-hmm. you might get in there and be like, you know what, I actually want to do this. And Georgia State is enough that if you fuck off, like, we ain't killed the bank. We talking about $8,000 a semester. Yeah. Like, and you're still okay. up the street. You know, you're still close. We can get to you if we need to. Get and the to network you. for music, I mean, you wouldn't yeah. want to You wouldn't want to be from Atlanta and leave Atlanta if you were serious about making it. And low-key, the underground is coming back. Yeah. They're bringing the underground, especially for the young folks. By the uh, time he graduates college in, what, six years? Yeah. I guess yeah, 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 just, the years. underground will be here. If not already flourishing for the last, and it's so few crazy because I remember Georgia State was lame. We was in high school, bro. It, it was one building. It was tough, bro. Georgia State. If you went to Georgia State, you were lame. Yeah, right next to Walters, <laughs> you were probably poor. Yeah, shout out to Walters. Let me tell you, I actually got it. I'm gonna shoot some content going to Walters and buying some shoes because I remember every year I used to like, man, I'm gonna be able to buy some shoes out there. I could never afford. 
to get some Walter shoes. And I remember my family got me a pair, but I actually want to go in now as an adult that can afford some shoes. <laughs> like Walter used to be the spot, bro. Like if you yeah. shop, if yeah. you shop there, you was the man. Dog. Yeah. And that shit over expensive. They used to put the the. the all the when the players would come play the Hawks, all the basketball players would go yeah. in there every time. Yeah. Remember they showed yeah. like Ernie yeah. and Shaq and them would be going in there. Bruh, they had the size twenty four shoes for and, Shaq. Like you know and what I mean? Guess what? These young kids don't give a fuck about Walter. No, exactly. they go to Wish. Damn. They go in the if they not online. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, everything online. Yeah, everything yeah. online. But yeah. Walters ain't got none of the. Or oh, they just running out the store with it. You know, you need, <laughs> they just be the grabbing fuck? it out the gutter. Have y'all been seeing that? They kept going out from Walters down, not, not the intersection. I, I wouldn't do it down there. <laughs> <laughs> right by the bridge. That's, that, that's too close, man. Too close. <laughs> but, but look, yeah, this kid been going hell, nah, bro. That's crazy. Like, like, what I, look, let me just say, I'm not condoning behavior, but I'm impressed with the organizer. As in, like, how, 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 <laughs> like, did, like, could they all match him? <laughs> like, where did they meet? Like, what are they talking? Is this a text message? It's gotta be some Is this kinda. a flyer? Like, I'm just impressed with you getting this many kids to risk it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, bro, look. To risk it. <laughs> like, like, bro, like, we're not talking about no, oh, we're gonna go and, like, they're going to major retail stores and grabbing everything. Yeah, this is crazy. You wanna tell, you wanna tell a little cub. Look at this shit. shit. <laughs> How many of them is I always like seeing the last one. <laughs> well, look, hey, look, 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 look at their uncle who they spirit. The cop about to light a cigarette. <laughs> and you want to send your nephew down to Georgia State so see, he can be involved. See, I don't like that, though. You seen that line? That line just said, uns- like, the, the, uh, he's so unbothered. He really was, Here's though. the issue with it. You have to be. If I touch this student, and I break his collarbone because I slam him on the ground. Right. They suing us, yeah. and I'm losing my job. I used to work at Lemon Jewelers. They said if you chase after somebody, you get fired because it put them in liability. Damn. But if you don't chase, you get investigated. Because they think you're the one, you part of it. Yeah. So I said, you know what? My, but they're not getting paid enough to, to run after some kids. You know, I, I'm tell you, to lose. when I be seeing folk run after folk, Y'all tripping. This <laughs> is not your money. Only, only people I kind of condone <laughs> been on Asian folk to be whooping for that. <laughs> now, the only time I condone that is when the nigga come behind the counter and fuck with him. And it's like, all right, I got to get your ass now. Like, bro, you came behind the counter to fuck with Hey, little Asian be running about. <laughs> yeah, you, are you really coming into my, like, not only my place of business, but my personal space. Like, nah. this is my square. I got to protect it. So, I don't know what's going on with this, with this trend. Like, but I'm just telling you, that was that was probably about ten kids. But I seen one; it was like thirty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, where do you get thirty motherfuckers not scared to, to run in the store? They used to have the doors be hella heavy too, and, where you couldn't get out. And then like, yeah, I, they used to lock the doors. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bro. Well, you seen the one with the uh, girl had a buggy full. She was trying to walk out no, with I the buggy. Seen that one. Y'all got like a, a thread of this content. <laughs> bro, I mean, need to catch the, up. Yeah, it's yeah, the algorithm for me, bro. It's a girl <laughs> in Walmart. With a buggy full of shit. <laughs> just trying to walk out. And then the dude. Regular, regular pace. Regular, literally just walking. Then the dude got named. Start trying to fight her. I'm like, bro, this ain't just shit. Look at this. Yeah, this that kids. Look how many of those. Merchandise from Nordstrom's. My and man, of course, all of it was yeah. caught on camera. KTLA's Jennifer McGraw live at the Westfield Mall. In they Canada. loving this shit. 
Another flash mob robbery. This one erupting at the department store as more than a dozen people, masked and hooded, were seen stealing. Are you saying the last one is always the funniest? Look at him, look at him, bro. Let it go. Let it go, bro. Look at him, look at him, look at him. Shoppers stood stunned as each and every one of these thieves got away and with thousands of dollars in merchandise. Police say the security was overwhelmed after being hit. Now, y'all know they be. They be boosting this for their insurance. People equally as shocked yeah. by the video. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> she gonna find a white woman to show it to. That fucking nigger. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. That's so so wait a minute. This is a thing, like an epidemic. I, yeah. Oh yeah. I saw almost the opposite. Like these girls dancing in Target. It was like twenty of them, and they were getting uh, harassed by the people who worked there for dancing and trying to make a video. But they said people on the other side of Target stealing while they were doing that. So oh, is shit. is it like a, a like a two sides to this coin type of situation? Yeah, that's, 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 I, I, it's I a flash mob. That, that's real Ocean Eleven, right? You know there. what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. George Clooney. You know what I'm saying? All right, we gonna go in and do the routine while we do that, <laughs> right? My uncle, my uncle Harold was the spider. <laughs> hey, hey, man, this I don't know what this is, but. I think it's because of the new laws. Like you said, the new laws say that, like, if the police touch you, mm-hmm. you can sue them. Uh, some stores can't even chase uh, after what you. What it is, them kids don't caught ain't, up. Them ain't kids that many police either. Them kids don't caught up on the uh, new season of Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> you remember that? I'm trying to think. Remember that episode with dude, like, they can't even chase you. You get to walk right out. You right, 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 right. Was that the one where, where, where the lady was driving on the little, the little uh, cart so, all throughout yeah. the city trying to chase Ern? <laughs> I was like, this is like really like that's what they call like a uh, black uh, surrealism. Surreal, yeah. really, they really kick it up a notch. This the last spooky season. as fuck. Really, kind of because you kind of trying to figure out is it life imitating art or the other way around? Because it's funny because everybody, if you don't, your beginning days of going to Atlanta Station, we all done got lost. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you seem like the preppy type. Well, what's a good brain? Uh, I don't know. Why do I seem preppy? I don't know, man. You just look like the type. It's the cousin. Yeah, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> These white people gonna love me. I'm gonna get hot on the spot. Mm. Gift cards ain't working here. I don't know. I'm just gonna take this shit. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Hell yeah. They got a no-chase policy. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, hello, sir. Uh, can I be buying anything today? They got a no-chase policy. They can't stop me. <laughs> Once these stores got it, it's a liability thing. Why are you talking they right in front of the nigga? They still and they can't chase me. Uh, sir, those shoes can I get you a different size or... See? He got to keep giving me great customer service. That's all he can do. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Ern was always like smack dab in the middle of whatever was happening, but just like never ever able to like stop it or, or keep it going. Like it was just. <laughs> see now, now Ern. See that's the reason why my friend know I don't be around none of that shit. Yeah. 
Because how it worked in real life, nigga, you go to jail with him, and yeah. you ain't even do that. Right. I think he went to jail. That, was that the, no, that was first season. Yeah, that was first season. Yeah. Well, man, that was fine. <laughs> I feel like the kid don't watch that shit. <laughs> and they got their... No, you're right. You're right. Now that you say I, that, I, I, I would have thought it was a joke when I saw it the first time. I had to be like three, four years ago. But now, coming off what you just said, and then just seeing... Well, it's always been was, like that. Right. But just like, like we talked about this before, customer service has changed. Like, people who work jobs, they don't care about the jobs no more. Yeah. Like, we were working... You would see somebody stealing, you would kind of call them. You you kind of would do, but the policy was always you really weren't supposed to chase. Mm-hmm. That's always been the policy. Now, niggas just don't care. And like, I'm not losing my life for your product. I, mm-hmm. And that's the thing, That's too. whether I work there or not. Thieves are way more like they're willing to risk it all. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if you're willing to run into my store and grab all this shit and run, Bro, I'm not. I ain't finna chase you. I'm not all. losing my life for your shit. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to make a citizen's arrest. Yeah. I'm, 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 bro, when I used to wear lens crafters, lens crafters got hit like that in the mall of Georgia. They had some niggas come through and put everything in the bag Glasses? and run out. Yeah. Contacts too. Well, because it's Gucci. The chart E F E F P W. What you want with hey, that, man? Nigga, 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 nigga in the hood, like, yeah, let me get those. Yeah, let me get those. Yeah, I get those, right? But you know, we used to have Gucci, <laughs> Tiffany. They used to have like Prada, all those type of glasses in the Ray Bands, so they would take all those. Yeah, they, they used to, they, we never had, I used to work at Sunglass Hut. We never had no smash and grab like that but niggas would come in and try to overwhelm you mm-hmm. and then one whoop, whoop, mm-hmm. and then they would switch it out with a fake one mm-hmm. so oh. yeah, they got us like that before too you go to rearrange god damn, damn you know, Walmart pants so I used to get <laughs> mad cause you have to go out there and do the paperwork on that shit and you have to think about man what time who I, you don't want to judge a nigga. You don't want to judge a nigga. Bruh. You, that nigga it was that nigga. If I, I, had, if I had to guess, <laughs> with my job on the line, because I wasn't involved, it was, I'm sorry, but it might have been that might have been that cat. Man. Oh my god, that shit hilarious, man. But back to the subject. oh yeah, back to the back to squirrel, <laughs> squirrel. Your book, appreciate it, man. Homeless and homeless in Dallas. Come on, man. Homeless Talk to me Dallas. about the name. So homeless in Dallas, as you notice, know, is two separate words, homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, just the background of the book, I was in Dallas. I had gone out there for an internship uh, early in my marketing days. It was literally 10 years ago this year, this summer. Um, it was called the Markets Grand Project. It was specifically for, for advertisers of color getting into the industry, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say color, I don't just mean black folks. It was, it, was a, it was a lot of us, man. It was about 14, 15. We built the agency throughout the boot camp. You service different clients throughout the summer. You meet different people at agencies, and the idea is you get a job afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. And they did this. It was about it was the fifth year of the program when I got there. They're fifteen years deep now. Uh, long story short, me and like four of the cats out there was feeling ourselves and wanted to start our own agency after the summer ended. It was an unpaid internship to begin with. Back then, it was, and so cats was like, "Look, we we're gonna stay in Dallas and try and make something of ourselves." And not take the job that they was going to give you out of Yeah. So we was like, look. <laughs> we was like, look. So, you know, this was back when millennials, like, it was a buzzword. And we was like, we were all, like, in our early, mid-20s. Okay. We're like, I went to FAM. My other guy went to Morehouse. One cat was from Toronto. One dude was from Seattle. It was the Morehouse nigga that told y'all. That. <laughs> it was two, matter of fact, it was two Morehouse cats. So, look, check this out. So we we like, can do this on our own. Like, we, we can go as, like, an insight factory to these agencies, right? So you don't have to pay for this syndicated research through Nielsen and wait six to eight to 12 months to figure out like what 23 year olds like. We're going to walk into your office and tell you this, right? But the we know wanted to speak for all niggas. At least the millennial mindset. And we had contacts, man. We had, we had been in ad color. We had gone to ad week in New York, but nobody's willing to give you that check. 
because it's like you're too young. You know, it takes experience to get the job, but I can't get the job unless I have experience. You know how it is. So before long, we was home. We was homeless. And I say homeless because I don't want to be disrespectful to the real unhoused population like that that's here, like in Atlanta, in Dallas, and everywhere else. I had friends' couches. You know, we had cars that when one of our one of our friends had a car that we sleep in sometimes. Or there was like office buildings that were abandoned. How many of y'all was in the car? <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> but we had a big red couch, which is like chapter two in the book called The Big Red Couch. We split that in this abandoned office. So it, it, it's not like I was underneath the bridge oh, during man. the day. Man, y'all look at that little hole. One of them did. That's why he didn't stay with yeah, one, one, guy the had, one... <laughs> one guy had a girl. and But she was she didn't want us all at her house. Yeah, and she was like, y'all need to be doing something better yeah, with y'all lives. So she wasn't a believer. That nigga was not laying it down good enough. Believe, that that good enough. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> if you can't get your homeboys on your shoulder couch. <laughs> so the funny part about that, when you say that, another... <laughs> Another one of my boys was actually <laughs> messing with another uh, girl I knew back in college, and that was just so I could sleep on the floor. But he didn't really want to be there, so he was kind of like put, you know, uh, sacrificing himself. In That's the, room. the homie. So, taking one long for the short, team. Long story short, we say homeless because it was just meant that I was out a place to call my home. Yeah. And that's why throughout the book, we've been selling, like, we've been doing like 10% through every book sold to the unhoused population of Atlanta because it's like, I don't want I don't want people to get a misunderstanding or or, or that I'm um you know I just want the story to be told the right way so that's why I separated like that homeless. But I I will say though I do think that that's where like the the, the gap could come to like helping some of the unhoused because yeah. there is such thing as the working poor and it's always like what's the safety net for those people like yourself mm. right that like right before you get homeless because you were right there all y'all needed was some funding all y'all needed was. Y'all weren't just not working. They were not being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is, and this is the thing with that too. In the office, we worked in the office by ourselves. Uh-huh. It's like a, it's like an entrepreneur thing. And then they come around, friends with new networking people, or like you said, like romantic interest would slide through. And it's like, it's like they'd be like, "Damn, y'all, y'all, y'all work so hard." I said, "Yeah, it's like we kind of live here, baby. You know, pretty much." <laughs> But, you know, but make them think, you know, because I'm a workaholic, baby. But we're in actuality. As soon as they left, we're we grabbing the Between blanket. Between that and, and, a gym, and a 24-hour gym pass. Man, and, look. Yeah. Well, I, well, let me say this. I appreciate the respect yeah, for sure. to the uh, for sure. the, uh, the unhoused community. Yeah. But by definition, you are where homeless. Yes, yes. absolutely. So it's, it's absolutely. levels to it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think people, and that's the issue why it's not enough work mm-hmm. in programs for that population. Because we look at that like, well, you got somebody. Nah, you're homeless. Mm. If you are, mm. if you are not, if you have housing insecurity, and you're not secure in your housing, meaning you know this is where you can stay, this is where your mail is coming, you are homeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether that's in your couch, whether that's in your car, or then the lowest level of homelessness is unsheltered. But there's levels to it. You know what? I like I like that thought through it because I don't think there's enough thought in it. And it's yeah, usually exactly. in cities with high black populations. And I don't think homelessness it's a is lot necessarily of, it's a, lot a racial of, yeah. thing. But most of the cities with high urban populations is because the density comes into the city for people yeah. not having resources to be in the suburbs. And, and and no, normally that is black people. And so all the big cities around, I've noticed, D.C., like I said before, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Dallas. Because those have people the highest that you're population. talking about are the working poor. Yeah. Like they, They're always the people that are. Right there between being homeless, right? Yeah. If you stay in that extended stay, 
you're homeless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, that's what happens in urban homeless. areas. Because what do your mail go? That is in the state. Exactly. I'm talking about mail. I don't know. Probably still to my mama's house at that point. No, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about, camp. like, in people general, that are at oh, a, in the you. stage. Mm-hmm. You don't, when, you, when you don't have all of that, you're homeless. Yeah. And the other thing that people don't really talk about, which is the resources, and, and it's not disparaging, but if you've ever been, like, on the street streets, right, mm-hmm. and, like, talk to one of those homeless people, unhoused people, there are higher percentages of people who want to be there in that situation than the working poor people who are like, listen, I'm not really, I I literally just lost a job last week. I'm mm. only in the streets because I have no place to stay. Those are the people who kind of want to get out those situations. But motherfuckers who setting up housing, got the tents and got the three foot tent set up it's with the dog in and, its own way, and, I guess. And they'll tell you they're outside of the system. They don't want to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like a lot of them Martin, don't, they don't want to go talk back. to them. They'll tell you, like, bro, I'm edu- I got a degree. And, they probably and got that, bank accounts. They got cash apps. So a lot of these niggas got cash apps. Here's the issue. They don't want to pay no bills. Here's yeah. the, here's yeah. the yeah. other issue. The city does something called the uh, the uh, homeless census, where they actually go out and count homeless people on the street. Wow. They're not accounting for couch homeless people. Right. People who so, are at work while you're counting. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm at work right now, but as soon as I get off, right, right, right. kids that are living it. in the car yeah. with their mama. Mm-hmm. But, you know yeah, what I'm but they're going to school. So it's like we don't have a real count on what the homeless population is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a lot of folk that just don't have it. You know Technically, what I'm saying? Technically, Tyler Perry was one of those working poor mm-hmm. people. Where yeah. He was living in his car, working a job, <clears throat> trying to get his plays out. Hell, I was homeless before I got the studio. Yes. <laughs> Like, real, like, I was straight up home. I didn't know that. But I- <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> but, um, uh, hobo. Uh, not that bad. Hobo So, Homeless in Dallas. A collection of true short stories about a time in my life spent chasing a dream I simply wasn't ready to attain. I only knew two things. I was uncomfortable and in what's Seemed like a truly foreign land. As it turns out, I was just homeless in Dallas, hundreds of miles away, and almost 10 years later, here are some of the fun little lessons learned being homeless that we, that we all could use. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. Go to your favorite one. Okay. My favorite one. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, what's your favorite yeah. lesson yeah. you learned? So my favorite one, I would say, is... Uh, the Texas State Fair, and it changes per day. Like they all my children, I, I seen, love them all. I seen one in there <laughs> called uh, "Eat Burger and Beer." Eat Burger, drink beer. Yeah, <laughs> you want to go to that one? <laughs> no, I just seen different. I'm just yeah, so that's different. the first time. Eat your burger, drink your beer, because time is precious. So, long story short, we, we didn't always have money for food, but one day we did. When we did, <laughs> and look, when we did, you know, you would think that you're so damn hungry. <laughs> Nothing would matter but the food. We get to the restaurant, bro. We arguing about just trying to be heard. Like, life wasn't throwing us the proper oops that we wanted. So we took that time to argue with each other and fulfill our ego that way. So long that my beer got hot and my burger got cold. Like, at this spot where you barely had $20 to be in there to begin with. And the idea is like, look, man, you need to drink that shit while it's cold and eat your burger. Because then I didn't want none of it. And I still don't remember what we talked about that day. You know what I'm saying? But it's like so important to you at the time. I like that. I like that. I like that. (laughs) But look, the Texas State Fair and each one of the chapters has like a small lesson. So like, for example, eat your burger, drink your beer because time is precious. The big red couch because sharing is caring. Texas State Fair is because everybody trying to keep the lights on. 
It's like a good mm. long time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> go into it. Go into it. Look I wonder what you mean by that. So how did you get that from the Texas fair? Right? Okay, yeah, okay. So. so you know how they say that everything is bigger in Texas, right? Yeah. Right. Well, whoever they is, they ain't never lied. If you've ever been to any state fair, you know it's a huge giddy-up. If you've been to the Texas state fair and Dallas is fair part, you've seen some things. Me? Well, I've never been there. Well, perhaps once, but let's just say that I never made it to the door. I know what you're thinking, and it's not because I was homeless that I didn't make it in, not this time. To be honest, fairs just were never my thing. Long ATM lines, long lines for subpar food and beverages, and even longer lines to ride the actual rides. It's a whole bunch of hurry up and wait that I could simply do without. So yeah, that's why I never been to the Texas State Fair. But I can still tell you about it. It kept the lights on for us one night. Okay, so just because I wasn't going in didn't mean that other people weren't. You'd be surprised at how far away people come from when those bright lights come on. It all boiled down to this. The fair was a high-dollar event, but the surrounding neighborhood was not. And so, as you can imagine, the locals had to mind the hustle a little bit as out-of-towners and in-towners alike poured in with cash to spend. The plan was simple. Take advantage of the foot traffic and make some cold, hard cash. So when the fair kicked off and we observed people, they sold T-shirts, peanuts, bottled water, water bottles, umbrellas, hats, umbrella hats, you name it. Whatever they could get their hands on, they set up shop with it and went to market. Well, let's just say after a day or two of watching this whole song and dance surrounding the fair, me and the boys wanted some action. Everybody was selling something. We just needed to create a need by hook or crook. Build it and they will come, they say. So... Whereas some folks might have seen the fair as a great display of lights, we saw it as an opportunity to keep our lights on. Figuratively, of course. And that's exactly what happened on the first day of that weekend. That's the little intro to that. <laughs> Let me say hey, that. Look, I thought this nigga was about to say they hooked up, they put their uh, cord into the <laughs> Into the into fair. <laughs> you know how nigga power is out and they put the next time? I'll say this. Bro, like. Yeah, that was dope, though. I'm I'm listening to a movie for sure. I definitely can see it. For like sure. I can see one of them shows where you narrating where the character is narrating the thing and just moving, bro. You, you talk about Afro surrealism. It could damn. Be. I didn't think about that, bro. I, I'm I'm telling you, <laughs> now. Look, look, we'll cut it out the pod if you want if you want to save it. But that's yeah. a, you got no, 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 it. I can hear, bro. I can, hear. I can see yeah. you writing this shit. Because how many of y'all was? Four and a half. Four and a half. Uh-huh. That was the one that got the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> he was in and out. So, so, <laughs> kind of there. So, uh, no, no, no. Actually, one cat was from Dallas. He used to go to his mama's house like once a week <laughs> and disappeared. Oh, oh, we can't pop up at mom's house? But oh, we, he, 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 he the one who had the car. So he, mm-hmm. he have us drop him off over there. We keep the car, sleep in the car like that. Oh, okay, okay. So see, four and a half. Yeah, this definitely a movie. I can see the whole, I can see all of it, bro. I can see y'all doing the internship. I would start it with the main, you would be the main character narrating. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, literally, I would do it like them old school 90 movies. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Where y'all sitting there hungry. You're probably wondering how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I'll go, like, go, go all the way back to you graduate and you like, yo, I got this internship, but I'm about to blow up, boy. Either do it like that or do it like best man, like somebody found this book. And then, you know, we're going through the book because, like, niggas like, hold on, you ain't recollect that right. Damn. I ain't like how you told. Right. That's one way <laughs> that, I would do it. But now, that's, that, that, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Now, I, now I got a question. Appreciate it. Um, and it might sound basic. Uh-huh. No basic. How do you write? Oh. Yeah. You're a great writer. Like, Appreciate because it, people, everybody has a story. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening to this podcast has a story. They've been through stuff and but they just can't get it out. You put it out there. Like, what are your how do you write? How and you I write? like the writing style of it. Yeah. The shit is, you know, yeah. like a movie. Like you said, you can you can visually hear it and see. I, I so I never really was a writer until when I started we started Grizz and Gospel. So 2016, 2017. But um yeah, I was telling somebody the other day, like, since I wasn't, like, necessarily classically trained, I didn't study English or screenwriting or, I don't know, literature or whatever, I didn't, I could approach it from the back door almost, right? Like, I I only could speak in the tone that I had coming out. So I, I wanted to make it as close as what I, what, the way I sounded as possible. About like my shit? Probably, yeah. probably. And so, like, that's why the marketing thing has been so fun and challenging at the same time because... Yeah, Troy, it was cute when you was telling your own story, talking in your own voice, but, like, now you're speaking for MailChimp, or now you're speaking for, you're trying to write a commercial. Now, I'm, you know, let's say I'm trying to work for for Eldridge, for Jim. I can't speak, and I can't always be Troy everywhere Wait, I we go. We got a contract with Penn. <laughs> I, I can't always speak in my own voice, right? So then you have to actually critically, like like W.E.B. Du Bois said, that classical education, that classically trained part of it, yeah. you still can't avoid it, right? Mm. So then... Once you really figure out how to talk like the industry does or like each brand wants to talk, yeah. then it's almost like a protected little corner off to the side that's just your voice. And when you tap into it, you don't feel bad no more because it's like, now this is the time where I am me. This is the time where I'm speaking as myself. The highest compliment I ever got on my writing was I heard your voice while I was reading it. Like, that's great. You know? Yeah. And that's why stuff like this yeah. is good too because m- many people don't know how to talk or who I am for that matter at all. And if, I'm, if my writing is to be good, I need to express myself as much as possible. Then the biggest, the biggest superhero aspect to it, of, to it, it all is the vulnerability of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what really got to me. Like, you don't want to tell your story. I remember my 30th birthday, which is over three years ago now, but it's the first time I really was like, you know what, I'm gonna talk my story. I wrote an article. It might have been like my 100th piece, 100th piece on grits and gospel. It was called Alcoholism and Afrocentricity, right? Which is a common line from. Um, I don't know, maybe like like water for chocolate. But long story short, I'm telling my story correctly, like in terms of like most of all of our stories, right? Growing up in our 20s, maybe taking a shot too many or, or dealing with, you know, depression, right? Or being black in America and how all these things can affect you. And then being honest, like far too many times I've been in that situation where I was the one acting a fool, in some cases being drunk or making decisions I didn't want to and having to admit that. But so scared to put the damn article out because I'm like, what everybody going to say? And of course... Like, you know, anything else, as soon as you put it out, that'd be people's favorite, right? Because they feel like they can be seen or they respect the vulnerability of it. So once I kind of broke that barrier, I'm like, look, when I use my voice, not only is it my voice, but I also am not afraid to be vulnerable anymore. Plus, I'm a cancer, so we just kind of emotional oh, anyway. <laughs> when's, your, when's your birthday? The 14th, July 14th. Okay, my my, my dad's is 24th, so like, okay. I know how cancer Right around <laughs> there. He's on the cusp a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so tapping into that. Really, you know what I mean? And, and not being afraid to tell the story. And, like, this was me, man. I, I'm not afraid. So here we are. And then, so when did you uh, when did you write that? Like, how, how, how what was During the During the pandemic. Okay. Or so, like, so but I kept putting it down because I was, you know how it is. You start writing something, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Then it's the next step immediately after awesome is, I don't know about this. Then the next step after that is put it away. Yeah. I don't yeah, want it to look at me no more. Yeah, I'm scared yeah. of it. Then you bring it back. I had to go through the roller coaster about two, three times. And then it was a pandemic being sitting down, um, being able to get to it. How did your partners feel about you writing? Did you get that permission? Did you? Yeah, like when you put it out. So I, I told them all kind of in that, super, 
almost like when people have read some of these, they thought that it was like fiction almost. I didn't mm-hmm. put anybody's names in it. Um, and also it was always told from like my own perspective. So um, they didn't care. You know, I, I, of course I sent them signed copies of the book and actually one of the guys um, wrote the, wrote the uh, acknowledge. I mean the epilogue at the end of it mm. as well. His name is Blake Roberts. He lives in Atlanta now. He's actually in marketing too. So we, we all got like solid jobs now. We're doing our thing. Um, he'll be on stage with me tomorrow, as a matter of fact, at the at the Plaza Theater. I hope y'all come out. But we'll what, be. Uh, what's going on tomorrow? Tell us about it. It's it's a reading series called Get Lit that Mailchimp started back in like 2017, I think, to like um pretty much promote their internal writers. They would do it internally at Mailchimp on on premise. Uh, long story short, pandemic came and the whole series was stopped. This is before I even got there, and now they're making the triumphant return tomorrow, Thursday, the 24th. At the Plaza Theater with me and another one of my coworkers, who's also a writer named Austin L. Ray, with this series called How I Fix Atlanta. It's like a magazine. I don't know if you know about it, but I, I like you. I like you. <laughs> so we, um, so we're gonna be on stage tomorrow, and Blake is gonna come up stage and read the damn acknowledgement. I'm not gonna tell you which one of him, which one he was, and the stories I was just telling y'all earlier. <laughs> you have to figure it out on your own, but <laughs> but he'll be the, he'll be reading that. So hopefully y'all come up, come out, man. Free food, free drinks, and free free signed copies. So that's what's up. That's what's that's up. What's we need up, to make man. a cut out of this. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. right. Yeah. Um, first of all, man. Yeah. Congratulations, bro. Like, thank you, man. Appreciate I, it. I know the process of writing. Um, so I know how it, how it gets. Uh, I'm, I'm in the process of finishing my second one now. Word. Okay. And, um, I re- this kind of motivated me, you know what I'm saying? Let's just go. Like, just, Put it back in just, your hand then. <laughs> let's, let's go. <laughs> now, now it definitely kind of re- motivated me, but like, I've never wrote any of my story. Like, don't get me wrong. My first one, I wrote a story, but I ain't really tell it like this, like movie form. Mm. Uh, Cause keep it tell you, man, there's so many lessons and <laughs> this shit like a movie. It's so much shit we could talk about. Man, look. <clears throat> but this is this is really cool. Like, this is definitely cool, man. So I I love the work. And is it a part two? Nah. That, this, that this, one's this gonna this be it. left right there. The, the funny part is if you read that last chapter, it's like a not really a cliffhanger, but the last chapter is a question. It's called Would You Like Half of My Sandwich? Because I won't have a yours. That's the lesson in that one. So it's the idea of like human nature being like when, when people offer you something, we're also doing it because we're kind of selfish, right? Like we go to the mall, you get the bourbon chicken, I get the sesame, and I'd be like, you want some of my sesame chicken? I'm not really asking you that because I'm not hungry. I really cannot wait for you to ask me if I want some of your bourbon chicken, right? Self-interest. Yeah, I got it. Right. And But then thinking about it through like a way of, sharing things with other people, like what does our sandwich mean for ourselves, right? The bread, the meat, the cheese, the ingredients, the toppings. These can be like our stories, like our personality, the things we've been through, our religious choices, our family structure, the way we want to get down with the music we listen to or the jobs we take on. All that makes my sandwich. If I can put that and master it and ask you if you want half of mine to get to know you better, we can use that on a first date. We can use that on a job interview. We can use that on LinkedIn, whatever the case is, right? When we just getting to know each other as friends, yeah. that's gonna be that would be the part two breaking out that chapter, breaking out who I am as a sandwich. Like sometimes it's just as simple as turkey and cheese. Bob the builder, what is he? Bob is the builder. We may make it as simple as possible, right? Yeah. Other times it's a whole complicated thing, like a multi hyphenate. Hey, I'm Eldris, the podcaster, the also the the uh, the musician, the uncle, right. right? The writer, the owner, the black business 
a supporter. So, um, and that that could be like a very complex sandwich. That could be a BMT, mm, right? Or right. something like that. So, or a Reuben. I don't even know what comes on Reuben. So, it just sounds complex. Yeah, it just sounds complex. With <laughs> the sauerkraut. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's yeah. the one with the corned beef. Now, maybe yeah, not that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what was the thing that happened where y'all all just said, let's go home? Yep. Mm. It was almost mm. Christmas, bro. Good question. And, and how was, long were y'all in before you... How long were y'all in? We started being homeless around like late July. And it was so hot that summer, bro. I'd never been hotter in my life. And before I left, I had never been colder. I I didn't know it snowed in Dallas. It was snowing. And we so were, in total, damn. y'all was homeless for about how long? Five months. Five months. Like that. So it was mm-hmm. a five month journey. Mm-hmm. Trying to hold it down, trying to figure it out. Right after trying the to internship. Figure, right. And so certain things to keep you there long enough, right? We even. Came back up here for AUC homecoming at one point, like just because like we flew back out here, like we was we had a few little contracts, right, but nothing sustainable. So I said, you know what, we tired of being homeless. I'm gonna get a job at the apartment complex that the office building that we were sleeping is is in. It's kind of like Pont City Market, right? Mm. If I get a job at that leasing office, then we're gonna get cheaper rent. Then we can move out of this office. Well, we can sleep in a model. <laughs> right. So that's kind of almost why we end up going home. So, you know, you get a key to all the places to show, you know, give tours. They had a few empty ones. And I, we never went in there to, like, live. But they had one that had all the snacks and juices and all the stuff that you would use to. Entice. And so, like, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't realize this, but they can track who got the key and how many times you've gone in the door. I had no idea that it was, like, a machine with it. So the, my boss was out for like three days. She come back. She said, "Troy, come to my office." I'm like, "Bet this is the Aww. day. This is the day I was supposed to get the, the new lease." So all the, all the fellas is like, "Hey, man, we can't wait." We had started buying furniture on Craigslist bit by bit because I worked across the street at the <laughs> at the restaurant too as a barback slash bartender and host. And that one of the poems is about this called "Good Day, Bad Day." The, the different type of people I made at both jobs. One one people having a bad day in the leasing office. The good day is the people coming to drink. Mm-hmm. They're so close, you realize you start seeing the same people. So that's a, that's a poem in there, which I think y'all Dang. don't like. But no, nah, so I'm over there. We buying a bit by bit, but I don't have nowhere to put the actual furniture because we don't have it yet. So I'm putting the furniture in other people's, like, abandoned off apartments or places that I know people had, like, moved. Like, some people were vacationing in the Hamptons for the summer. So she found out about it, and she said, and on top of that, <laughs> you went into that snack closet five times yesterday. <laughs> She was like, Troy, I don't, I don't think you should come back here no more. <laughs> I was like, you mean like for the year? Because she's like, no, nah, just in general. So then I called the boys and they're like, I think that's our cue. So I already had a flight home. For, I was coming home for Christmas. <laughs> and I just packed all my shit. And then I just, and I never came back. So I that was it. <laughs> did, did anybody else stay a little longer? No, nah, man. He went back to Chicago. My other cat went back to Seattle. And my... And uh, my other boy went went up to went back to Toronto. It was just what, like a. Poof. What was the biggest check y'all made? Five thousand bucks, and we used that a piece, or y'all split it. Nah, we split was, it. Yeah, oh, together. Man, you know that was split. You can see it in my eyes. That was split. But guess what? We use we use that to get flights to get from Dallas to New York, from New York to LA, and LA back to Dallas on Spirit, because we wanted to go to Advertising Week which was a week long of just like, almost like how you would go to Afrotech or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then right after that was Add Color in L.A. that year. And then we, so we all figured out a way to get there. And we knew if we got there, the people who ran the internship for us that summer, they were like, put you, they were like you know what? We see y'all boys trying. If y'all get out here, we can, we can make sure y'all have mm-hmm. somewhere to stay. Mm-hmm. 
But they were non. They are a nonprofit, you know, and they were only, only in their fifth year. And looking back on them, them cats were younger than I were, am now. Like they're still in their early forties. Yeah. But they were just. It was just every, every so that was my first and last time doing LGA to LAX. I always wanted to do that. Like I'd seen the movies. I want to fly from New York to LA. Yeah. Um, but it was spirit, so I had to stop in Denver. You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> I, still, I still need to do the nonstop. But uh, so that five thousand was gone. But that that gave us hope, right? Because people were meeting us. Oh, those, they're, they're, they're those young cats, right? Trying to do their thing out in Dallas. We'll come back home. That was it. So we had to try to make it again. So, so we're we so, crashing happy hours for the food. I'm going to the restaurants with my book bag, taking toilet paper back to the, to the, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. We're making Parmesan noodles out of the actual Parmesan and till it heat up, till it become Alfredo. Like, and then just keep stirring it with butter and it becomes juice. So why not, why not come set up shop? Like maybe Dallas wasn't it. To me, when I think of Dallas, I don't think of bad. Business, yeah. I, like, why not? Yo, let's let's come back to Atlanta. Yeah, let's do it. We had two was, more house brothers. You you were from Atlanta. Like, yeah, why not? Black. Why not just reposition? You know what? In hindsight, that might have been the best play <laughs> because what? yeah, we were twenty three, man. Like, I, I, don't know we, I just, I matter of fact, I turned twenty three that summer. Okay, I can see. It was just kind of like, man, you know, it's, 20, it's 20, easy. Yeah, it's easy to think about it that way now. Um, I don't think Toronto would have made it out there. He was already kind of skeptical about staying because, you know, he, matter of fact, he needed a visa. Yeah, was about that to was another thing that from... we had. We were going ticking clock with him yeah. six and uh, six months, I think, or so. Do you still talk to any of them? So one of my I talk to all the time. The yeah, other one lives in Dubai now, doing great things, That's and then the other cat is really, really big and party promoting out in Toronto. That's what's up. So as a matter of fact, now to think about it, me and Blake, <laughs> the only one with the real job. We got we just got marketing jobs. Yeah, the other yeah. two kind of went off and still did their thing and. I mean, obviously, I do like entrepreneurial stuff, but um. Now let yeah. me let me ask you this other question too, because um, you know, we work with young guys all the time as well, right? Right. And y'all were young at the time. Was there advice from an older person <laughs> that when you look back, <laughs> that was like, really trying to put you, that was trying to put you in position, or even put you on, or put you on game, that you look back and you were like, damn. Probably should have listened. I was just being young and mm-hmm. brash at the time. What, what did that ever happen? Yeah, first, that's a great question, man. So one of the, many of the executives or people that we get put in the room with that either liked us or believed in the idea, but weren't in control of the budget, or maybe secretly were, but was like, I still don't know y'all niggas like that. What they would always say was just like, just get in, get the job anywhere, and just continue doing this and figure it out. Right? It don't have to be a got it out the mud situation. Mm. Or it's like I don't even want to. You know, like, I'm selling out because I done took the nine to five already. Like, you can do both, bro. Like, things can happen, right? Especially at that age. That was the first one. The second one was the guy who runs the, um, the program itself. I called him for advice after I got fired. And he was, and he lives in Dallas. He's from Dallas. His name is Lincoln Stevens. He actually wrote the forward. So I'm cool with a lot of these people still. I was like, so what do I do now? At this point, it's like five weeks, five months in a row. Go home. Yeah. That's exactly. He was like, Troy, I, I think you need to go home, Troy. <laughs> like that. And, you know, I'm cool with his dad. His pops is really big in entrepreneurship out there. Like the first black man to have a Wendy's in the airport mm. uh, back in like the 80s and stuff like that. And it still does contracting and stuff out there. So he came from that and he knows what it's like. And his dad took a liking to me, who's also the person who gave us the money to do the thing we did at the fair, which was mm. sell parking spots in a grass lot. That's what our big plan was. And that story I was reading earlier. The third one was my my cousin's boyfriend at the time, randomly. I was home for Father's Day. No, I was home for, like, Labor Day. I had come to Atlanta. 
Um, I rode back with, with somebody who lived Your out cousins? there. Cousins, boyfriend at the time. Okay. Um. Yeah. So her name is. Uh, I guess we don't got to say names. But anyway, I'm like, we out there drinking. You know how these black families, everybody just kicking it. Mm-hmm. We just out there, and I'm like, man, I'm. And what I'm finna do is deny the internship so I can be a, an entrepreneur. He like, man, I like you, man. They all call me T in my family. But your thoughts today ain't going to be your thoughts tomorrow. So don't do that. And I'm like, no, man, what you talking about? He's, he's like, I like you, man, but don't do that. Because today's thoughts are not tomorrow's actions. And he, it was like he was speaking in riddles and stuff. <laughs> Yesterday's price yeah, is not today's price. I, mean, I, was like, I was like, man. You can wet the dog, but that don't mean you got to watch. If the dog don't hunt, don't bring it to the woods. I'm like, I'm like, you know how, but you know how when God puts stuff in your life like that, like, you be asking for an answer, but he be like, "I," right. but I ain't like what that shit was. So I'm gonna yeah. ignore that part. Same thing with anything. And then the last one was my mom, which is a chapter in there with a conversation we had, <laughs> where I was like, "Mama, can I have some money for some food?" She like, "If you want some food, come home for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and don't go back." Mm-hmm. And then she's like, "Are you cold?" I'm like, "Yeah, a little bit." And she's like, well, "I'm gonna send you money for a pea coat because it's cold and that." She wanted to support my dreams, but she didn't want to make it easy on me. You know what I'm saying? And so. By the time, so I'm like, mama, well, send me the $50 for the Pico. And she's like, no, nah, it's at Target. Go pick it up because she knew I wasn't going to spend that money. I still got that black Pico today, actually. But it was kind of, so the chapter in it is kind of like written like a skit. See, see that's mama. Mama yeah. got that vibe. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Mama, like mama that. said, I'm going to get the coat for you because you ain't going to go get it. Right. And that's her way of saying, like, stay out there if you want to. But if you want food, Thanksgiving is in two weeks. And I live in Atlanta, where you grew up at, and where you probably need to be. Yeah. I support you in your dreams, but 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 you know what home is if you need it. So, so uh, hindsight, uh, what would you do different? Um. Hmm. Well, the, the story wouldn't be as fun if I did anything different. But realistically speaking, um, I would have took the job. I would have took the job, and. Because it would have gave me a little bit of capital, and it would have like it wouldn't not like I was taking a job at working at the Meineke mm-hmm. or Hardee's or something. Mm-hmm. Like I still would have been around the type of people that I was looking to. Like I didn't understand like the difference between a, a race racing car, re, racing horse, and a rocking horse. Like some mm-hmm. people mistake all. Mm-hmm. I was mistaking um, motion for movement. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or like how you always tell me, oh, just like. Sometimes people make moments, but they don't make movements, right? Mm-hmm. I was so focused in the moment, trying to blow up right then, that I was really just a rocking chair. I wasn't going nowhere. I was just mistaking that. So I, that's what I would do. Um, I don't think I would have came to, a, to the A because, you know, how when you, like, in it. familiar for you. Not even that, though. Like, you know how when you just in it, you just kind of like, well, this is where I ended up, and this is how I went. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, you just built. You're only building on the last day. That's what? how I wasn't, like, Fort Valley, like, the. After I graduated, I kind of stayed in yeah. the year because it's like I'm here, and a decent job, my kid, you know. And the camaraderie is there. Right. That See, too. That's right. the other thing. Like yeah, When you too. got four brothers mm-hmm. coming together saying, let's do one thing, it's like that's a rare. That brotherhood. Really yeah, that's a rare thing. Yeah. So it's like, yo, we yeah. we coming together to do one thing. And we none of us had shit else to do. But if that's... I move it, they might not be the same Things. Might not. We all on this soil in this time in this moment. This is what we want to do. How can we make it work? And, and then beyond that, we 
we found people in the city. So since I was a bartender, we had we get drinks at different places we'd go mm-hmm. to. You know, I had a karaoke spot with a DJ. I always play Outcast when I walked in, like because he knew I was from the A, mm-hmm. right? Or, or we learned how to play dominoes because we in Texas, right? They don't play spades as much. Yeah, they as play dominoes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm getting my, the I'm getting getting my ass smacked around. Yeah. You know, I'm getting smacked around out there. <laughs> Pause. Like, you know what I'm saying? But we playing dominoes. <laughs> I'm eating Boudin, right? I'm celebrating the true Juneteenth for the first time in my oh, life. Like, I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't even like it was like a, a harsh environment outside of like our financial nature and sometimes the weather. Like, I'm learning barbecue, right? I'm going to Rangers games. I never meant to no Cowboys game. I couldn't do that. Yeah. That wasn't really my, I wasn't doing that. But, um, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, like, yeah, so it wasn't, yeah. and, and the place is super diverse. Yeah. So it wasn't like we felt out of place. You know, we were always in the city and, you know, like, so just stuff, stuff was, stuff was happening, man. So I, I never had the thought to like try to pick up and set up shots somewhere else. You I like know? that. I like that. I like that. Man, it's funny, man. I, I'm just thinking about all of, ventures i've ever started and when you want to stop and like it's just hard to sometimes see your growth yeah from the outside inside out you know what i'm saying yeah like yeah. it's hard to see it like because even i talk about just the media when i look at when we first started this company to where we are now <laughs> day and fucking night Real, real sound effect. These real, real applause right here. For real, man. Like, but my mindset is still on the same mindset from day one on, yo, I gotta do this to grow. I gotta, I gotta, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm having that same conversation with myself, but now I'm having it in the studio with multiple cameras. I mean, when I used to be struggling to get, couldn't get no video. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, when the right. audio was trash, like when we only had two. <laughs> Audio used to be trash. <laughs> <laughs> but you was doing Digging it. Digging the crates. <laughs> Digging the crates. Yeah. Yeah. So before it's, yeah. the pandemic, you was on this. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah. so it's like, you have those conversations in your head. Like, when do you know to stop? Or when do you continue to be a little bit insane? Cause you might make it. A lot of times, a lot of times for me, it, It'll be have to be. I have to run into a brick wall. I have to bang my head. At, like I just said, people hard headed. Yeah. So for me, it's like, oh, you must physically stop because like you cannot go any further. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I'm trying not to have to make myself get hurt to understand something. So then I'm just thinking like, okay, discernment, right? Or you start meeting enough people or seeing enough things. Like sometimes you do have to wait. Make them pay you double. Sometimes. Fortune favors the bold, and you must strike right now while the iron's hot, or you will miss it. You know what I'm saying? But that's just, like, the things that I sort of, like, sit and meditate on as I get older as far as opportunities go. Yeah. And then somebody told me this. Who who was it? Who was it? It might have been. It, it was a while ago. But the quote goes like this. You don't, you're not really successful until you start turning down good opportunities. That's the sign of true success. Like, where, you know, you get something that may, be, may look sweet, may, may look nice, but it, in reality... Mm. It's not even for you, but you got to be able to recognize that. That's dope. You know? I, yeah, Fifty Cent just said something about that about Eminem, about how Eminem Word. sold like over 120 million records. But if you look, he rarely went on tour because he always said he didn't want to miss his kids growing up. Mm. So, like you said, that success came, and it's That's like, tough. oh, you want to go on tour? Nah, great, oppor- I, great opportunity, but I'm gonna turn it but down. I'm gonna turn it down. So that, yeah, mm-hmm. so you're right, you're right. That, that That's how success. I thought about it as I got older, man. And uh, but like super super proud of what you got going on. Uh, another thing you got to think about too, Elders, and I know you're gonna know what I'm about to say, or at least have felt it. 
like we have to train our, our 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 spirit or our mind or even our body to enjoy, right? So like some people say like ten percent of your money is supposed to go to things specifically to treat yourself, like not to savings, not to your bills or nothing. To almost like you talked about McCormick and Schmidt before we got on. I know you on a fast right now, but like yeah. some people, a couple of my homies, uh, they'll be like, I take myself to a steak dinner on the first and fifteenth just cause, yeah. or like I will buy myself something that I, a pair of shoes that I normally know I don't need. But you're training your receptors to receive. Yeah. You dig like, what I'm saying? And then that is a law of attraction within itself. So so part of that is like having me around you to be like 235 episodes, that dope. The other part of is like buying, you know, for you. Yeah, what's right? that thing? So, and you know what? I'm still discovering that. I was talking to Keith about that. A lot of stuff, because I do enjoy this. This shit is fun. This, like, this is lit, bro. And honestly, this is very lit. <laughs> like, the brick wall don't exist for me. I you love know what I'm saying? Like the brick wall that slug you down, like, and th- and I attribute a lot of that to my faith. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always. It's like, you remember the uh, game Madden when they used to show quarterback vision? Yeah. And Michael Vick, she was this small. Yeah, you had to take but off with Tom, his ass. Tom, I remember Tom, that shit. But Tom Brady, like, and yeah, all that vision. shit. Peyton like, Manning was in like Peyton, second row. Yeah, <laughs> he was, it was, it was a time. It's like, you know, like God, that man. The new God, came out too. When it comes to like problem solving in life and business, God yeah. has given me that level of vision. Like mm. I might can't do it exactly how I want to do it, but I'm like, all right, if I can just hold out on this, mm-hmm. move this around, like my shuffle game nasty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't never seen no brick wall where I ain't just like can't I might not bust all the way through it, but like, bro, this this ain't stopping us. Gotcha. Cause we don't had too many of them shit. We don't had motherfucker. He's about to go home. <laughs> Got to keep him here. Like yeah, ho- homeless in Atlanta. Yeah, like nowhere <laughs> to stay. Uh, no team. No like it's figuring all this shit out. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah. but saying that to say, I'm just now figuring out what I like to do for fun because my work is fun. Mm. See what I'm saying? So I'm always working. But what do elders like to even when it comes to like buying shoes? I don't care about shoes like that. Right. Unfortunately, right. I'm in a I'm playing a game where people judge you off that. Especially <laughs> like you on camera room. right now. So yeah. you must Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. like bruh, before what what year that? Man, you what? better come in these podcasts with your Birkenstocks on, man. No, 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 man, don't let them folks have you up in no. here buying shoes, man. No, but let me tell you why. Because we're in the influence game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. not, it's not that, yeah. it's not that, uh, I just understand if people want to listen to your podcast, they want crisp audio. So I, that's why I don't record on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people podcast or I'm not recording Dang. on that mic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a spend hundreds on this mic. If people want to see you, they want it to look a certain way. Yeah. So I record on these cameras with that lens. So the same thing when it comes to appearance and when you're in the game, yeah, it's like, I, and I work a lot with young people. So young people, when you walk in, they still want to, they don't want to see no dirty shoes. <laughs> Came in the back of the rock. Like yeah. they not going to listen until they feel like they can respect you. And a lot of their respect are, is external. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'll go buy some dunks. Although everybody that know me, you know, I don't give a fuck about them dunks. <laughs> uh, but they own. Yeah, but and it's funny because I remember growing up wishing I could buy this shit, and, and now, now I can. Like and now I can. can. It's like uh, it's like and my, it's a rare. It's that rare thing of like 
if you if you met e, his personality don't come you know there's some people who if they're not fresh they're not gonna be mm. in a certain way it don't matter what Elger had on he's going to approach the situation the same I seen the man rock RBXs yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> nigga had every color of them motherfuckers I, I actually had a bet <laughs> that I could get somebody to buy them shits cause I was wearing we, we had a going bet did they do I, it? Nah, I ain't keep doing it long enough. You, if you would have pushed the hard enough, I, you would have got some niggas to buy. Yeah, you never know. Everything come around. Because they also had the RBX uh, Revolutionary Black Extremists. Yeah. They had to put that list out. So it was like... So I was like, RBX. man, these are RBXs, brother. All the activists were just testing out your influence, your influence. Well, I call it growth hacking. I always uh, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always yeah. do that. I will go to a new social media platform just to see, can I growth hack it here? Mm-hmm. I will eat at a new restaurant and see, can I make this the new spot on Tuesday? Like, I growth hack. There's a lot of shit y'all don't see me do is me simply growth. The Russell Center was a growth hack. Oh. Nigga, I've been in the Russell Center before anybody was there. Yeah. Before Jay was the CEO, I was around the Russell Center. Yeah. I like, need to tell you that story about how you got me over there. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, the I'm always growth hacking to see, but I yeah. know growth hacking has a lot to do with influence. Influence has a lot to do with how people see you. And unfortunately, your wardrobe has a lot to do with that. So you'll see me throw on some dunks and some shoes and all of that shit. Like, I remember when I first started buying sneakers, and what made me grow my sneaker the game so game fast. came out the box. My, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my first pair of shoes that came out of the box. You know, Ross, they don't got a box. They got a string. <laughs> Nigga, what, they got, what they got at Walters, though? We got, we, <laughs> Walters got a box. But yeah, Burlington the, and Ross, they give you the string. They get yeah. the string in the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I had a mentee, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Cozart. Um, he was a shoe, shoe retailer. So mm-hmm. that was easy because it's easier for me to invest in people like than it is for me to invest in myself. You know what I'm saying? So he was a retailer, yeah, yeah. shoe retailer. So it was me supporting him. But I'm still getting some out of it. I think I bought like a pair of shoes a week for about. Yeah, you was on it for for a long time. I don't know how long. You still got some shoes back there that you ain't even bust out yet. Damn man. Right. Yeah. So it's one of those situations where I'm doing. That's all work. All that is strategy. What do I like to do? Mm. Three months ago, I went on a agendaless trip. Because I travel all the time. You see me in the motherland. Mm-hmm. I'm always the trip coordinator. I'm working. I'm doing something. I went on an agendaless trip to Vegas. But I didn't do nothing unless I wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's me learning. Nigga <laughs> 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 so, found out what he like. <laughs> hey, look. Look. I ain't gonna lie. Hey. It's, it's bad, but like, shit, I, I kind of like gambling, right? Okay. So. Okay. That's I'm, fair I'm, though. I'm planning another trip to see if this, do I like the gambling or was it just that? One more time, like I'm about, I'm about to go somewhere. Your thoughts today may not be your actions of tomorrow, yeah. my brother. You better keep, you better keep that money in your pocket, no. nigga. They're gonna take it this next time. But <laughs> shit, they took it that time. <laughs> but uh, nah, nah. So saying to say that ten percent, I know it's true. Yeah, yeah. I know it's true because I'm trying yeah. to figure out what it is for me. I'm trying mm. to figure out what do I like because it's so easy for me to turn everything into work. I know, man. We could be chilling. Know, I'm man. like, yo, this some content. And next thing you know, the camera's out, it's tough, and bro. I'm directing some shit. We yeah. was in the car, man. When you when I was typing the, what I would say today, yeah, I'm driving, typing. And I'm with my with my fiance Paige. She like, do you want to like ever talk about who you are and not what you do? Like, 
Yeah. I was like, damn, like I hadn't thought about it. I'm over here like, Tori writes the newsletter and he has a new book out and here's his website and here's hey. what he does at MailChimp. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, you talking about the thing I sent you? Yeah. Yeah, so we I'm, don't go off none of that shit. But I'm just saying like, <laughs> to your point, I'm like, how often are we, are we sort of like understood or like we walk around with the, with the cloak on of what we do instead of who we are? You right. know what I'm saying? Right, right. It made me think. So, and it's, it's not a, I'm not, it's not a bad place to be in that you love what you do. Right. Right. That's. I mean, honestly, I wish everybody could get in this space, but there is a level of envy that I have of people that are fans of shit. Mm. Like, I love to see people that are like, man, this they sports team. Like, I haven't loved anything like that before. Like, <laughs> with, like all these women with this Beyonce shit. Like, I want to be a fanatic for something. <laughs> like, so you don't like the Falcons? I'm I mean, assuming. I don't fuck with the NFL. Really. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still fuck the NFL. What about the Braves? You know, it's a baseball town. I had 25 tickets today. I just gave away. <laughs> Literally, they playing uh, the Giants. The Giants today. I, I, I feel like, I feel like you are a fan of something. You're a fan of black people. Like you're a fan of like, like businesses. For like sure. you, yeah. Like you, yeah, you have to go back. Just should have seen him the other day at the at the Rice. Uh, the first, uh, well, it wasn't the first one, but the Black Friday. He came and put mm. on, man. That was that was kudos, bro. You went to every single booth and bought something. Yeah, man. You know, it was fake money. Yeah. Monopoly money. <laughs> well, look, that's, he, he copped the book and I signed it on the spot for him. So it, 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 the payment went through. I Somebody ain't that. doing the math right. The math got, ain't math. I got, I got bills out there. I got bills out there. Man, look. Now, that was real, though, bro. But that not, was real. But I, I love, can tell you loved it, though. I that's love, what I'm saying. I do love it, but that's work still. But see, I love my mission. But that's see, my mission. Mm, but I'm getting mm. to a point where... I don't think it's so bad for your work and your leisure to kind of mix if it's what you really like doing, like mm. like a video game or something. Mm. Like I like like my thing was video games, right? And the other day, once I found out how to do this little thing with the clips and stuff, bro, I was up twenty four hours, but I wasn't really tired. I was up like how your kid be up playing games all yeah. night <laughs> because oh, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not up because oh my boss needs me to get some mm-hmm. shit done. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have it, no, I'm up because leisurely. I'm enjoying this, but towards the goal, this is going to take us 10 times where right. we need to go. Right. And I don't think there's so much wrong with that because I feel like that's the, that's the, that's that, that force that stops you from breaking that brick wall or even going through it. Like y'all were talking about, mm. how do you keep going? Right? right. It's like a physics, that physics problem, the, uh, un, 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 uh unmovable yeah. object and the unstoppable force. The only way that it, it happens is if, the unstoppable force just phases through. That's the only solution. Right? Yeah, well, whatever. You, that, is that the, that that's, answer I mean, to the, that problem? I, yeah, that's I always physics. thought it was hypothetical. It's a real thing. Yeah, for physics. Like, okay. in physics, if you, if you really do the problem, the problem is how do you get something that won't ever stop to go to hit something that won't ever move? Yeah. Right? That brick wall that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, it phases through. As you in, like, it just keeps going? As in, you pass right through it. If you're going, if you're moving, right? And I feel like that's what focus is. That's what going yeah. through that brick wall is. But so many times people come and tell you to, st- well, aren't you working too hard? And mm-hmm. that slows down your momentum and you wonder why you hit that brick wall. It's like, you but know, I look, I look at that. So I kind of mix yeah. it all in because so, we, we're in this space where I we do, get the, you know, create the content and have, I mix it in. And yeah, see, my, yeah. one of my superpowers is I'm around a lot of older people. Most of my friends, like my partners at home was like, in their 50s like mm, okay. these cats that i kick it with mm-hmm. like we just hang out mm-hmm. and i hear them say stuff 
And a friend was telling me the other day, she was like, man, I'd be like, man, you work too hard. But then she was like, I thought about it. She was like, only 33. <laughs> she was like, I was doing the same thing then. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. a lot of that advice I get are people monitoring my energy based off of their current status. Right, right, right. But rewind to where they were. They like, shit, I would run and doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know. You know, it's one of them, one of them conversations. Like, I, I agree with you. I'm getting to that point. But I just like to make sure, like, I ask myself, I always tell myself, if I was running the, the reason why I know I'm doing what I love, if I was to hit the lottery today, everything I do doesn't stop. It just looks different. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It looks different. Like, I would still be uplifting the human spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if I wasn't fucking with Westcare, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would still be fucking with black businesses with or without the Russell, uh Russell, Russell Center. Center. We right. seen that with Spendify. Like Yeah, I, I remember that, man. That's you know, that's when I that's what you know when I first met you. Yeah, yeah. so it's like I definitely I'm about to still be on content and podcasting. Hell, with a million dollars, I'm about to be talking even more. It's about to be <laughs> 40 Mr. cameras. Mr. Beast out this month. <laughs> Mr. E. Mr. Beast. Exactly. So it's like that's how I know I'm in a beautiful place because yeah. if I had all the money in the world, nothing stops. That's real. And that's kind of what makes me run through every brick wall because mm. I know this is what I want to really do. Yeah. You know I love that though, man. You so so you that that's the mountaintop in its own right. Well, right? Like, I, t- I tell people, I ain't got no problem. Most of my problems are niggas around me that I love. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I don't really... Nigga, I'm kind of straight. Like <laughs> that's a good rec- recognition too, bro. In the yeah. moment, I like that. Yeah, like on some on some real, it's just I I care. I want others to experience this level of peace or contentment. I want more, but the one I the more I really want has to do with my ability of helping others around me, mm. not necessarily for myself like if I didn't go on another trip this year I'm not tripping because I done already went on right however many I done been on so far like if I don't buy another pair of shoes I don't care like I don't none of that matter for me mm-hmm. I need more because I want to do more for those around me you know what I'm saying yeah. and I'm not one that can watch or enjoy every time I go to motherland I think about somebody that should have been there with me who yeah. I want to feel this you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, that's that's what my more is. So I do feel like I'm at a, a top. Yeah. I do feel like I don't but I'm still climbing. You know right. what I'm saying? But like right. I, I, I feel like I'm at a a top in my career, a top in my status of life. Like I re- I'm really enjoying this shit. Mm-hmm. Like you ever see how people like they always talk I'm watching this comment and he's a, he's he's hilarious because he was like, Man, I always wanted to be a rapper. Uh-huh. He said, but issue of rap, you know, the common denominator that brings people together is pain. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He said, I had a great story, man. Single mom. Dad went to prison. Mom didn't have no money. He said, I had, I had a great story to be a rapper. Then my fucking stepdad came in and loved me. <laughs> it's sad, it's <laughs> said, sad that it's said, funny, but it is. Look, he said, he loved me to mediocrity. <laughs> he said, it's hard to rap. When you ain't mad no more. <laughs> he ain't mad no more. And like, Damn. you know, that, that part, you know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to like, I'm just in this, I'm in a space that I really enjoy and I just want to help others get there. And that's like my mission. Like my, I realized my mission in life. I know what it is. It's two things. Number one, 
is to help develop uh, and manifest the full potential around everybody around me. I learned that in high school with my best friend, Drico Bostic. Okay. And Rashad Tate. When both of them were amazing athletes, super smart, and their path didn't go the way it could have went because of the lack of the, the potential they had wasn't unpacked because the leadership they lacked wasn't developed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how I started my nonprofit. All of that was literally because I'm like, we all done seen a young person like, man, this dude talented as hell. But you see he on that dumb rah-rah shit. Yeah. And this is going, it has an end. It has an expiration date. <laughs> we so, just don't know when. So ever, naturally, when I meet people, my natural inclination when I meet somebody is, what do you do? How can I help you do that? Like, how can I, like, keep it tell you, like, that's all I'm about. Like, I'm like, how do we help you? Hell, I, I, I always say this shit because I, I like when I'm right. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, Keith, like, he came to me. I, I always tell people, I wouldn't even be doing this if it weren't for Keith. Or Keith. Keith taught me what a podcast was. You know what I'm saying? Keith begged me to do a podcast for a year and a half before we even Damn. tried to do this shit. Like, like all of this shit is because of Keith. But when I really locked in and I said, okay, we're going to do this, Keith. Let's do it. You got to be the best podcast producer in the game. Mm. And I remember you telling him, like, bro, to do this, you got to do this, this, this. And, bro, you got to go ahead and get on the video. <laughs> and then Keith like, no, I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> that was what, what year? <laughs> uh, it had to be around what, COVID. Yeah, it was like 2019, 2020. 2020 yeah, uh -huh. around 2020, yeah. Fast forward, 2023. Hey, man. You see these camera switching, the audio working? That's all key. I wasn't going to say that on camera, but I'm like, I'm like man, I got to set up the lighting. Hey, the sound man, the I mean, music, the yes. videos pulled hey, up. You can, talk about it. you can talk about it on camera. They gonna okay. think you put the videos in Could in post-production. Because the shit how don't stop. <laughs> how quickly he put them shits up, they're gonna think yeah. I put them videos up in post-pro. Yeah. I like, promise you that. Like, and, they, and he's typing them in and before we can even get the joke out, he got the video up. So, so <laughs> what what I'm saying is this dude is yeah. the greatest podcast producer in the game. I'm about to say he's bad boy over there, man. I put him beside anybody because his thing, I don't I've been approached by Quest Love them to produce their podcast. Oh, word? So I've talked to their mm -hmm. producers. Uh -huh. I've seen top level. I got friends that are working with Issa Rae them. They telling okay. me what the okay. producers are looking like behind the scenes. So I done seen this on a high level. So when I say Keith, the hottest podcast uh, producer in the game, I can stand on that. Word to Keith. I put them, I put them beside anybody. And it's my job to always pull that out. It's all my job to challenge that. Yo, what a quick, I ain't, I want my shit to sound like this. What mics we got to get? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I want my shit to look like this. What, what cameras we got to get? Like that's who I am, period. And that's what I do with any room, any team I get on. Like yeah. I'm literally going to scratch you. And there's people that tell you that he always going to ask you to do some shit that you ain't never did before. And it's gonna build that confidence in you. Yeah, right? that's that's my purpose. Competence breeds confidence. Me and my old lady was talking about this earlier today. Okay, it's about children, and you know how your kids sometimes like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to play baseball. Oh, I don't want to. Do you really not want to play, or you just ain't never played before, mm -hmm. so you're scared, so you right. talk yourself out of it. Right. Same thing when it comes to the team. Like right. you've had a lot of people come through the team off and on, but nobody can leave and not say that Eldridge didn't push them to a point where they learned a new skill mm. and then took that skill and made them better. Not too many places will do that for you. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like actually have you learn and grow. Nobody that came through here can't say that. So like to ease testament, that's definitely a superpower. That's so, definitely what you do. So it's I learned that early. That's my purpose in life. I like that key. Like when I leave here, everybody gonna say, yo, this dude helped me do something. Like matter of fact, somebody hit me up yesterday and they were like, Yo, I'm here with somebody and they know you. <laughs> and that's always <laughs> and go. <laughs> four, four out of five. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Especially it, when when a sister tell you that she another sister, like you're like, oh, <laughs> what do you mean? So is that one out of five that could be like? Ah. And then she was like, yeah. She said you helped her with her book. You showed her how to sell. Like you, like you really helped her do all this. Whoop, 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 whoop. And then she was like, I asked her. I said, and he did it all for free, didn't you? <laughs> and she like, yeah, he did. And then I, when I pulled up, I ain't gonna lie, I, ain't really, I didn't recognize her face, but I didn't remember doing that shit for her. Yeah. But I love that shit. I love, especially when it comes to business. Mm-hmm. Like I love just looking at people's business model. Like man, this I'll do this shit like this. I'll try like it's yeah. That shit is fun to me. You know, I remember you broke down for me. We we was we was just randomly up in gathering spot one day about a year or two ago. He was like, yeah, man. Before you knew it, you was like, yeah, it really is seven different ways to monetize a podcast. And really nine if you think about it. And I'm just talking to you like, yeah, you got the t-shirts, you got the content, you got the ads, you got the... And I'm like, okay. You got product placement. I mean, you just going. It's just regular conversation, though. And I love And it's it. just like, these are things that I remember. Like, when I think about Eldridge as a person, it builds it up, you know? And, like, some of the things I take with me into some of my work as well. Like, even six years ago, ten years ago, when you was like, yeah... You got to get the all the trends start between sophomore year high school, sophomore year college. I don't know why, but I never forgot that. This is almost 10, 10, 10. years ago. What you sent, when you told me that, you were 10, just like, yeah. like, 10 to 10. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's 16 to 20. And then you do some, there's actually like some psychoanalytic research behind the music that we listened to during that age. Like why it's such an impactful time of life. And since then, I've adopted it for myself just as like a little benchmark inside of my own head at the way I think about sociological trends and things like that. And it's just conversations we and, have, man. And if you notice yourself, you out of the loop. Yeah. You're probably not dealing with that age group at all. Yeah. And it may come increasingly more difficult. Yeah. Like, cause like, <laughs> cause what's so funny, what I'm loving about these young kids now, besides the, they're looting. That's the aspect of that I love. Like, yeah. Liberation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, well, we call that in Let Us Make Man. We call this the Miss. Who now? Let Us Make Man is okay. an organization gotcha. I'm gotcha. part of. Okay. We call that the misguided spirit of young warriors. I fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It's yeah. different. I fair. Yeah, sure. that's, that's fair. That's what we call that. So that's all the gangsters. The, fa- the, young the gangsters fact that you are a young warrior that you're not scared to run up in that motherfucker. What if we reguide that energy? Yeah. Reguide that and restructure. Or the organization, like you, you know said. what it looked like. It looked like right. me hopping into the water, swimming my ass across the boat, <laughs> yeah, to yeah, whoop on some ass. Crew. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Crew. Exactly. So, um, but hold on, I was I was making a point before that. I was talking about uh, young people. Yeah, what I love about the young people, they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Man, these young people are coming so full circle. Like these graphic tees are the t-shirts that uh, our our parents were wearing. Like these nineties. Like t-shirt, like if you look at the kid graphic art that they like now, mm-hmm. it ain't necessarily like a cash ours. money album. Yeah. Bruh, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the pants is about to be baggy again. I know they are. I'm seeing I the baggy. I knew this again. would happen, and I was like, fuck. I should have kept my jeans. Bruh, I still got <laughs> my. Nigga, I seen it when, when I knew I seen it would happen. I ain't get rid of them. Bruh, I ain't gonna lie. 
I'm in here with my thighs out and shit. These niggas better be wearing baggy jeans again. I seen, (laughs) and I seen, they got a real good endorsement that's about to probably bring it back. When I seen Drake wearing FUBU. That damn FUBU shit. Oh, yeah. I seen. Looking like Thugnificent. I I was about to say, but not looking like Thugnificent. But is Drake at the big age of, what is he now, 38, 36? No, so here's the thing. Is he an an influencer to 17-year-olds? Let me tell you why. As he he was. He's a dad. I mean, I'm not saying he's not cool. He's a dad, but he still has the respect to get who they respect. Okay. That's why you got to watch That's real. He has the respect to get who. It's almost like Cardi B. Fucking with all the younger rappers. Mm-hmm. Cardi B got way more influence than any other female rapper out there. That shit is hilarious right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, the hottest fucking producer in the game, man. Hey, man, look, he pulling them up. Look, I mean, he quicker than the Wi-Fi. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> this is crazy, bro. This is crazy. And my thing is this. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in Drake as much as I did, say, 10 years ago, right? But I like to, I don't mind him just living his life and doing whatever the fuck he want to do because he can. Now, so know, I'm not even tripping about the hairstyle, the fact he got on FUBU or nothing. But to the full circleness of it, it is crazy because it's a big show and he looks almost exactly like that. Now, I don't even know if he's in on the joke yet. Or maybe he is. But either nah, way, I, that's 20 years ago. I, I think he is. And I think, you know, he, I think Drake is getting to the level where he can troll or he's attempting to troll on the level of someone like Prince. Prince was a okay. nothing but a troll. I can see that. Now that if, you say if that. you listen to Prince stories, there's a story of Prince <laughs> going into a party full of grown people and turning, telling DJ to turn out the music, and he watching Finding Nemo, <laughs> and everybody has to watch Finding Nemo with him. There's literally a story out there about that. Like yeah. when you get that level, because it's so fucking. This game is so fake. Yeah. It's people that just uh, want to be around you to like, kiss oh, your yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. You, so you, you want to see how hang. far how far would they go? You said Tyler Perry did that? Nah, no, Prince. Oh, Prince. Prince. I can see that. Yeah, I can see yeah. That. Tyler Perry would have if you no, look up, no, If you the, just Google have Prince Finding Nemo own. story. Um, but uh, like there are people that, because I would do it, right? You know when you see people that trying to be cool with you and they saying yeah to everything you say? So yeah. you'd be like, oh, so you went to that school? You talking about with Coach John John? They were like, yeah, yeah, I like for real. And then the whole time it really wasn't no coach, John John. You just know this person. Right. Is so imagine everyone in your life moving like that. Everyone being a yes man. So yeah, you want to see how far the motherfucker will take this shit. Yeah. And right. I I feel like that's what these celebrities be doing. That's why I feel like all this shit is a joke. I don't think y'all really thought this was fashion. I think y'all just want to see if a motherfucker was gonna wear them big red boots. I don't think like y'all really yeah, for sure. Y'all, no, I, I think Balenciaga trash bags that they selling for fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, like I don't think I think you really just want to see are people going to buy shit because you say buy it. Yeah. I think that I think that I, I think that. that that's part of it. But I don't think the people up there got time or reason to play jokes multiple times. They got uh, all now, the time or reason. <laughs> okay, they do they, got the time. They got, they but got I'm saying, all like, the time. So say for example, like. For me, I'm thinking like people are just so used used to being different, and then you be different so much that you become famous or become good at what you're good at. So, to where you become money, come come worth a lot of money. Now you're around a whole bunch of people who were that much different to get where they are. Now everybody's the same, but different same, and you got to actually be even more different to be same. So, I think some people have or could potentially really like the red boots. No, so just think, maybe not as many as I, you would be. I think you would assume. I think there are real weird people. Yeah. And then I think there's cool people that do real. I think there's rich people that do weird shit. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Doja Cat is weird. 
Yes. Yes. I think that's who she is. I don't think she's trying to be weird for attention. I think she was I, trying to be cool for the attention at first. Actually, I think her real. I think she's more weird than she is. Like her actual. I think she. I think she's just weird. <laughs> like I believe her. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. Like you know what I mean. Like you know what I'm saying. Like you don't really get to where you're going without some sort of. There's like, got to be something either shit. interesting. This this weird. Like this all this shit. This, she's weird. <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> But how, how do you become famous? How do you, how do you, look, most people that are famous live on the margin. And that's fine. Wear wigs to make you like it. You're right. You ain't no white wind. Throw a shot like you're trying to have a foot fight then. All my ops waiting for me to be you, I bet. Say, I got drive, I don't need a car. Money really all that we feening for. I'm doing things they seen before. Fans ain't. Because, I ain't gonna lie, man. Look, dancing with the devil and the devil. See, that's why I think she on. Because she will do whatever. Oh, like when, like when you see like sat- satanic things, she will do whatever. Like concert tour. So what do you think shit. about like when Sam Smith did it a few, maybe a few same months thing. ago? He's on the same. What do you think is the or Uzi Vert? Like, what do you think is the underlying? You think it's just really like one day you wake up and someone has like changed you your, changed your man- Yeah, I don't think you can believe in the devil. Without believe- I believe. I don't think you believe in God. What I believe in the devil. Some people do. But or so I, I think or that God orchestrates both good and evil, so technically God will be I, I think, both. I, I think but. a lot of it is like shock value. You know what I'm saying? Like I think a lot of it is to distract us. Um, y'all were just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Getting to a point in life where you enjoying everything that you do, right? If you got all these little bit of distractions and all this little... I mean, say you growing up and you really think, damn, do I need to sell my soul to be successful? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you start going... To, all this distraction. No, you need to focus on you, what you like to do. How can you monetize it? Which nine times out of 10 would just happen if you're doing it naturally. Right. But all these little distractions, all this shit to get in your way, all this, you know what I'm this, saying? This it's, is what I think it is. I, I, I feel like it's, it's whatever they can do to distract you. Like you said, we'll be conscious as fuck. Then Drake will drop some music and you'd be like, damn, is that on purpose? Is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all a distraction because like the ultimate goal is to break out this system what did a uh, big country, uh, big horn shirt say? Uh, 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 get rich, stay free. Boom. Stay free. You get know what I'm saying? You can't get rich if you trapped into all this distraction shit. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's part of the purpose of it. So I you think, think it's larger stuff at play, very specifically. It's, it's not just like because I became famous, I decided to change my mindset. You think it's like a, a systematic so, approach? So let's look at it. Let's look at like the Bible, right? Okay. So my pastor, and shout out to uh, Sankofa Church. They getting ready to come back. Okay. Um... My pastor. Where's that at, by the way? Was it online? So they it's online right now, okay. but they got a build and they're getting ready to uh, bring back out. Okay. Um. He said something about the Bible that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. He said, "Before you read the Bible, you got to know this: the Bible is definitely inspired by God. So no. he believes that. Mm-hmm. Then there was a person that God used to write this passage in the Bible." Mm-hmm. So you got to see through, you got to look through the lens of his politics, his beliefs, his understanding. Then you got to think about the person that translated that Bible, their politics, their belief, their understanding. There's a whole bunch of lenses you go through before you get to what God really said. Right. Mm, so he's like, so, basically, you're playing telephone with the Bible. <laughs> you, we are. Then we, add in 2,000 years in between just we, for people yeah, to misinterpret you know, it over you know, and over again. So we are. You know? So possible. I think. As you get people in on these labels, executives, mm. 
I think people that are in wardrobe have agendas. I think people who are shooting these videos have uh, beliefs and understanding. So yeah, if I can get this rapper to wear this dress because I want it to be more uh, cool for men to wear dress, I want I want that masculine energy to be toned down. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna style this rapper in this dress if he gonna wear it, mm-hmm. and the rapper is wearing it because. You're not on unless you got styled by this stylist. You know what I'm saying? There's all these beliefs. Unless you mm. go to this place, you're not it. Unless you're wearing this, you're mm-hmm. not it. So when I finally get there and then that person tell me to do something that's against what I already believe or know, right? I can say no and potentially not go to the level I'm trying to go to, or I can just go with it yeah. because they know better. So I think we are looking at a lot of agendas. I think the people that write the scripts of this these videos and shit i think they have agendas and beliefs that they want to uh, in politics that they want to get across the screen mm-hmm. and I, and i believe that right but i also i believe that and i believe some of these artists are like chasing comments chasing like uh what ebro did you yeah. hear about what ebro said yeah what so, talking about the hip-hop yeah ebro put out a post and said i i got a, uh, I got a call saying it should be noted Many major record labels have deprioritized signing rappers. The focus is now African music and Latin music. Rappers better stop being boring, talking about the same shit over and over, chasing TikTok success and comment sections. So mm-hmm. to me, that's the other side of it too. People who are just trolling. People who are just, let me cause some controversy for you to follow the music. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Half of the TikTok songs suck. Yeah. You actually find oh, the full yeah. song. Like, yeah, not like, the brother. chorus part that everybody dancing to. Hey, yeah. Bobber, I love you. You raised the gangster. <laughs> that part, hard as fuck. You listen to the whole song? The whole thing sucks. That, sucks. that, nigga, that nigga song looked like a haircut. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> but, just, but just like that, though. So it's like what you're saying is both of it. Because it's agenda and it's let me be flagrant. Let me just chase. It's like we talked about on the podcast, right? Today, this podcast is probably one of the most substantive podcasts we've done in a while, too, right? We've been on this wave. Yeah. But this ain't no bullshit podcast. We ain't out here talking about women eat plant, men eat meat. We ain't right. doing that here. We're actually <laughs> breaking down real shit. So it's like, yeah. how would this come across? If it ain't salacious, if we ain't talking about selling souls, you know, it's right. it's both sides of it. But I feel like over and all, with this, with this kind of message coming out, people are tired of it. You know, we just came in to uh, make Jenkins. I'm about to listen to this whole album on the way home. I didn't even know that existed because mm-hmm. it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think I think some of it is trolling in the other part of the agenda. I feel like half of that agenda has already worked. Like, they don't yeah. even have to do it yeah, so much true. because Lil Nas X will do it for free. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. I don't got to trick that. you into doing it. It's We talk about these young folks, they do anything for the bag. They don't right. even want money. They don't even yeah, want money. Want I'll put you on TV. Clout, yeah, let me just put you on 15 TV. 15 seconds of fame. Nah, it ain't 15 minutes no more. Yeah, ain't lie. They, they doing a lot of shit. I'm like, dang, bro. Like, but what we, huh? I be watching these, like, even just like the trollers and all, all. Like, it ain't even original no more. Yeah. You know, we seeing one troll that work. Now everybody <laughs> doing a version of the troll. And it's just like, I, I, yeah, it's, but I, it's, it's over with. But I do think it's kind of what y'all was talking about earlier. When you separate a lot of things, that's when things are getting distorted. I think it all has to come back together. I think your life should be of what you like to do, what you want. Who we had on the podcast? Um, damn, 
He talked about what's it called? Ikaji and Kuji, the uh, Japanese. Oh yeah, yeah, the, uh, Howard. Shout out to Howard. Shout out, yeah, shout yeah. out to Howard. Yeah. Howard, Howard yeah. talked about. It. Let me let me look at it. Howard okay. talked about is okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It's Japanese purpose. Yeah. Ikigai. Um, when your passion, mission, profession, profession, and vocation all intersect. You know what I'm saying? And that to me is the goal. Yeah. But when you start making it seem like it can't be, and you start separating it, that's what breaks you down as a person because now you're living. Takes your energy away. Yeah. I got to be this kind of person on the job. I got to be this kind of person at home. I got to be this kind of person. Nah, I'm going to be me everywhere I go. What I love to do is what I'm doing at the same time is bringing me joy and leisure. And if I want to stop, I can stop. And I won't feel like I'm not doing no work or I'm not doing what I love because the whole day is just filled with that. Like, like you know Mary J. Blas said, you are everything and everything is you. Like, <laughs> I mean that That's shit. That's that ass. <laughs> my, 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 my girl put me on that. That's why I knew it. She She's getting her doctor right now, but she also got a regular job. Okay, sure. But up. we also get married and we got a house. So she's trying to carry out. We got a dog. You know what I'm saying? She's trying to put all, these, put all these hats together and spinning all these plates, but it's like, Every day I try to get closer to, like, waking up to be the same person I am, mm. right? Like, some people from work will hear this podcast and be like, well, Troy doesn't always talk like that at work, but he don't talk too far off. Then y'all may hear me and be like, well, Troy sound like you're from Atlanta, but not all the way, maybe. But it's like you just work to just be whoever you are, wherever you at. Mm. Yeah. So that way it's like, like, Elder, this is who he is. Like, most people, man, this thing as you get older and shit. But it's just one yeah, example, too. right? It's just like, all right, cool. I can't. You know, I don't want to wear something different than I wear at work than I would wear at happy hour. So then my wardrobe kind of merges, right? Mm-hmm. Ikigai is, is is like that pretty much, but except for life. And I watch yeah. her try to do this shit all the time because it's literally all this place. And I'm like, I'm going to take that take that on. So I'm glad. Who who just say had on the podcast was, was uh, on that? Howard. Howard. Howard, Howard uh, Clay. Howard Clay. Shout out. Howard Movie Clay. director. Digging the crates. <laughs> <laughs> Digging the crates. That's when we was out in Cali. I like uh, that. Hey, did you bring your, your stuff with you to Vegas? Your Vegas? When what? you went on the Vegas trip, did you bring your uh, podcast equipment with you? No, 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 no. Not that one. We did. Yeah, yeah, on we one did Vegas put trip. one in the yeah, uh, Single women keep single women uh, single. And you yeah. know what? I feel like I, I actually remember that. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, ago, right? was a while ago. Yeah, my brother... I somehow had to listen to this in my headphone. My brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, you know, I said, Elgis, I said yeah. Elgis, then took it up. My brother, uh, that was my brother's engagement party. Yeah. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah, but no, go ahead. You spent since I cut you. Nah, so you, uh, you're engaged now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, how long? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, congratulations. I appreciate it. You know, it's, this, uh, uh, you know, the internet is two streets, right? It's either <laughs> young black couples, Happily married in love, mm-hmm. or it's city girl, city yeah. boy up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So booty hole brown. Yeah. Oh my god, man, that shit crazy, ain't it, bro? So in this era, you know, what I'm saying, how did you find your forever, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, how long were y'all dating? What was that process? Did you know her while you was in the book and all that good stuff? <laughs> I did actually. So I met her when I was at Fam. She was um at Florida State. They right across the track, same yeah. way. Closer than Tech and Morehouse, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You ever been down there? But uh, long story short, man, we met at this little hole in the wall shoebox place. I used to always go karaoke night, and um, seen her in there. She had just got to grad school at Florida State, so I had been already a fan for like four years. So I was like, "Yeah, I come in here a lot, and it's my first time seeing you. You must be new around here. <laughs> like, let me come and try to get your number." Um, 
And yeah, we kind of dated off and on for for years. She knew me when I was homeless, and we never quite like like uh. You said, were talking to her, talking to her in your home. Yeah, I mean, like I would try to keep in touch, but like, you know, like when you're younger and like you starting to get older, and like women are getting more mature, mm-hmm. you have to come at you have to come at the dating scene a little bit differently. Yeah. And I and the dating <laughs> scene was ahead of what I had been on. <laughs> Hold on, right? Because you smile, you know what this is, though. We talk about it all the time on the pod. Niggas cannot just go ghost. Like niggas cannot just not talk to you for five years and pop up. Oh, no, we at no. least got to kind of yeah. Hey, every couple months, how you doing? How, how's your grad school going? Yeah, I'm checking yeah, just, in. Just Tap check a photo. In. Yeah, you know, because if I don't, I can't. Yeah, Tap the photo. you know, because I'm not where I'm at right now forever. I'm gonna be up. Exactly. And exactly. I like to see you when I'm up. And we and we stay cool throughout the time, you know. Yeah, um, so. Yeah. It was during the pandemic, March 6th, way back in 2020, before we knew the pandemic, we went on what we call our third first date. But, like, mm-hmm. we hadn't dated since maybe, like, 2014. Mm-hmm. At that you point. got a job yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, 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 I got a job for about six, yeah. seven years yet. Got, got a little money, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Chain, so mail chip. Even when we met back at family, I had, I had enough money to take us on dates and stuff, too. So, uh, when I was just in Dallas with the home, so we were just keeping in contact. And, um... But throughout the years, we have been cool. Like the first book we came up with, when I finally came to the, I helped her, I put her in tune with like the people that helped me buy my house, right? And so by the time I actually made it to the house that I had helped her buy, I seen my book on the table, like the first one we made way back when. We are in different relationships by then. Like it's nothing like sexual or even romantic at that point. But it was just somebody who would like show up to the Juneteenth fundraisers, you know, we do like with Brittany, we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. She'd be there, yeah. right? And... With the man. Nigga, did you want him? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) This was a thing in my head that I was like, I just need to lay eyes on her. (laughs) So did she ever show up to any of these events with like her dude? Or the dude at the time? It was long distance. So, you know. So so y'all both were looking. I I, I don't know if she'll say that she was, but you know. She'll look. I think she was. She ain't gonna say it. But But, you know, I, I, I learned to see in a different light. So by the time 2020 came, I'm caught up to not only where I am in life, but also where the dating game is for 30 plus. Yeah, as we as we both were at that time, uh-huh. the world shuts down the very next week. So we we almost made up for that six years. Not to say we was even trying to make up for six years, but time moved quickly. It was like we spending not two days together, two nights together, rather forty eight hours. Yeah, it's, That's a whole. It's, it's almost like school. Game. COVID almost like it was school like a lock in, yeah. like but yeah. all day, yeah. right? So I, I'm got my spend the night bag now. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming over there like I know I'm gonna have my work computer. We gonna. So I lost up to move fast. Yeah. I know I'm about to hear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the time that, by the time it got to that point, it wasn't even about that. But I spent so many years thinking about that to the point where now you so I'm not gonna say so mature, but like I don't know, it was just weird, bro. Like all the years I couldn't and I wanted to. Yeah. Now we're together. We intimate. We I'm really getting to dig into yeah. the person who I've always thought is my great white special. buffalo. Yeah, you you're thirty plus. You more yeah. mature. You know how this can go. And yeah. it's like. Damn, it's about so much more than that. Yeah, yeah. After all that, like the now life today is never gonna be the decision of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And we just seem real cool. Like if you can be with somebody in that type of intense environment, and like number one, not get on your nerves. Like it takes a long distance relationship almost twice the amount of time to break up because you don't have that many hours. You ain't put the time in. Yeah, like, yeah, it's easy. Man, and, I, and, I like and, and the COVID one is the opposite. It's low maintenance half the time because yeah. nigga, I know too much. Don't ask me how my day was. <laughs> but we was here all day. 
Like it used to be, I went to work, I came back home. Maybe we text throughout the day, but mm-hmm. I, I, I still want to have some mystery you in the hear relationship all day. Uh, I know exactly what your boss said because I could hear him yeah. digging in crates. Women, we talking. Uh, <laughs> men, we talking <laughs> shit about your woman. Yeah, and, and so, <laughs> and so, shit and, about and, your woman. And this was, the, this was the, this, and this one, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, trying to wrap it up quick, quickly. But this one, I knew it was real. So. You know, I, I write for small businesses now. Like, you know, we talked about, like, me and you working together. I've done it for Brittany, Barfin, or whoever. Like, and I, it got to the point where it was with Netflix. I had some contracts with, like, some ad agencies I worked with. MailChimp, of course, that's my real job. Um, you know, some startups like Breaker with a music music app. Uh, my homeboys run that. But just being able to hone my skills and help that. That whole thing I talked about, like, not always writing as Troy writing as. She's the one who encouraged me to do that. And it was a situation in which... They were asking some things um, that, I, that you know, like you told me earlier, I'm a great connector. And she was like, Troy, when are you going to stop connecting these people and just tell them you can do it? You know, like, why don't you, like, we can do that. And it's like the same way, like, you see a thing on, on like, a Longhorn Steakhouse, and we're like, I need to go to Longhorn. They're like, baby, you can make that. We can make that steak at home. It was like that same kind of vibe. Right. And that's when I started getting my oh, first contract. So she specifically used the words, we can do that. See? That's another, now that's a whole nother podcast. Women will use the word we as like a household. We as in the, the people who live here. But what, the we really is a, is yeah. a you. But, 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 but when they say we at that age, I mean, at that stage, you're like, okay, you thinking about us though. Nah, yeah. it's very flattering, yeah. but it's like, yeah. hey, we, we can paint the house. We don't got to paint nobody to paint <laughs> yeah. the house. It's like, all right, I'm reading between these lines because when I'm painting, you're going to have your hand on your head pointing at the wall yeah. like, oh, you missed a spot. But it's you we know? because. I believe exactly. your skill can contribute to what we got going on. And when we started and I using want to encourage we, you to do that more. We yeah. started using we and we liked it. And then mm. next thing you know, you know, I ended up working with We I liked guess it I when we started using we. We did it, man. And like we or when we say words like home, not like your house, my house, or the crib. And she I didn't even notice it, but she's like, yeah. You you've been saying we and home a lot, is what she told me. And I'm yeah. like, and guess what? The money I started making when the shit started taking off and I'm working with P. Diddy on some things, like I said, Netflix before, all types of different places. I actually changed from a project manager at work to a writer at work. I was no longer moonlighting. It gave me the confidence and the and the um, the skills outside of work for MailChimp to be like, we're going to bet on this guy mm-hmm. who we don't believe can write, or but we can see out. We don't believe him because of his work that he can write. We see him because of the website he got going, or we see him because of his uh, www.myportfolio. And then guess and guess how I afforded the the, the engagement rent because of the money in my pocket for my business that essentially she helped jumpstart. You dig what I'm saying, ladies? So let, let that like, let that breathe, brother. Let, breathe. let that breathe, brother. It's come back, ladies. Did y'all hear what this brother just said? It's true, man. Elevate them skills. And and, and and she and she didn't know it at the moment, but I'm like, baby, you know, in some ways, you know. All these companies that we see on TV or, or some of the things I've been able to do, you don't remember. Like, you was the one who started that. Mm-hmm. You know? Damn. Not saying that, like, I didn't I didn't have the skills already, but it was that we mentality, man. And that was coming back to when we got, uh, it'll be a month away in two days, you know, get married next month, man. So, it's love. She, she know her daddy, don't she? Oh, very much so. Very yeah. much so. We, we can always do. <laughs> we always do. <laughs> Shout out to Big Bobby. Shout out to Big Bobby. They was here last weekend, man. Big Bobby. <laughs> Not the little one. Her big brother named Bobby, too. See? And they call him Little Bobby, so it's Big Bobby, man. So shout hey, that's out. So, uh, you always can tell, though, when they know they dead. <laughs> no, nah, it's a blessing, too, man. It really is, bro. Like, it's not a requirement, 
No, it's a, no, it's a, it's a requirement now. <laughs> so, so my thing is you can't judge them books by the cover. Now, what I will say is a requirement of some of the things that typically come hey, in that scenario. Let me but tell you, bro. you can't you can't cut out bro. all women who don't have who never you can. Been. You can't do that. Let me man. tell you that why ain't you right. Can. That the way right. the way a woman anybody can become the way, anybody. The way a woman can cut you out for having too many kids or too many baby mamas, a man can cut a woman out for not knowing her father. It just is what it is. It's just a different. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna put it that it's way, standards. You do whatever you want. Anybody do. can do what they want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to realize when men do that, it's an issue. It's a Fuck different. That. It's a different type of double standard. Fuck that. Men, different type of double standard, and you want men just not, to take whatever the end piece of bread. Well, that, not that the but not the but. <laughs> well, not just that. I want a we, nice sandwich. We know, <laughs> like having my sandwich. We, we know the level of work that you got to do deal with when you're dealing with a woman who doesn't know their father, mm. knows of their father, and their father is actively in their life. Nine times out of ten, when the father is actively in their life, you kind of can, you kind of can assume that as a man, there's some things you're gonna tell her, and she's gonna take heed to it differently. She's not gonna look at it as, oh, this is a nigga telling me what to do. She might look at it as, this is a man's thing, like men, because my dad did this for my mom. So this ain't coming from a place of, oh, I'm in charge. This is coming from a place of, oh, this is naturally what a man would do as far as protecting and providing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes those lines get crossed. Like, yeah. even me and my old lady, sometimes we'll have a discussion about something. I'll say something, and she'll be like, well, why did you say it like that? And I'll tell her why. She says, oh, well, I thought you meant it like this. Miscommunication always comes because of how you're raised. See, when you don't have, when a woman doesn't know her dad at all, her interaction with a man is almost like the first time, like living, even living with a guy. When you live with your dad, you know what men do. Mm. <laughs> the toilet might look like this. The bathroom might look like that, but you also know the trash is always getting taken to the curb. Mm-hmm. So then you start dating, you realize, oh, every man that she date, like she, I'm dating her, she expects me to take a trash out. Versus the woman who's like, oh, I'm gonna do it all myself, and then be mad that she got to do it herself. Well, she just never experienced it. Yeah, I mean, so, different life experience shapes different perspectives. Exactly. Sure. So we 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 say it in in joking, but we also right. do know that, especially at our age too. Like I'm 36. At this age, I've compiled enough data to say. Just based off what you were talking about with your fiance, she yeah. know her daddy. Hey, no, I mean, y'all was spot on. Hey, no, it definitely hey, wasn't wrong. I hey, just hate to. I just hate to generalize. I know as much as we can, it's right? It's I, okay, it, brother. Leave him out there. But um, <laughs> it's just your podcast. It was just like, look, I'm taking this. <laughs> it's my podcast. No, I take this. It's, it's just like it's some dudes. Leave him out there. And, yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And one thing for about sure. it, one thing I'm confident in. Yeah, there's out there for every. Everyone has their. I absolutely agree. There's with somebody that. for I everyone. Absolutely agree I'm with that. confident in that. But I'm telling people, you got to be clear on what your deal breakers are and what your standards are. And for me, that's one. Two, high connection and relationship with your family is a plus. That mm-hmm. too. I am yeah. so engulfed in a relationship with my family. Yeah. If you don't have one with you, you're not even gonna understand. Mm, I yeah. saw you post your mom the other day on Instagram yeah. too, just yeah. showing love, on no yeah. birthday, no nothing. Like you're not gonna love. You're man. not gonna get it. You're not that gonna get love. that you might come up and my sister and brother in law chilling on my porch smoking a cigar. <laughs> like you're not gonna understand. That's just yeah. and, and even if you are in family, Elders level of family is a little bit more because even I'm I wrote with my family I dig it. and when me and Elders living together, I realized, oh no, it's an extra level. You know what mm. I'm saying? Which I still like that because I come from the country. I come from that family stuff. But if you're dealing with a woman who, and it's weird too when you deal with, especially women who like, I don't like nobody, nobody in my, my family. family. I don't fuck that's, with nobody. That's like, guaranteed damn. sign we can't date. Yeah. Damn. You're like, damn, no, that's, I can't that's call like you auntie. You ain't got one cousin 
that yeah, like the one you ain't got one you, uncle. Like, because I get some people are born in fucked up situations. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. But there got to be one. Mm-hmm. If it's nobody. What Jay-Z said, if everybody crazy, <laughs> you the one that's insane. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, so, you know, it ain't no shade. It's just yeah, standard. But men's standards look like shade. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think I think it's always like it feels like ours are always reflexive because it's almost like don't start nothing won't be nothing. So it's it's like well when I, when now that you say that here's my opinion on it and it feels like number one we defensive or like why you say that? It's like I wouldn't have necessarily said anything if if nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. But I feels like our opinions are based on others. Yeah, and it's yeah. like since we weren't the first to the punch, it feels like we're being petty, like you said, or yeah. shade. But in actuality, we could have had that thought or opinion the whole shady. time. You just so, might not have said it first. So I tell men. Love who you love. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cardi B can say broke nigga don't deserve no pussy. <laughs> we know that's right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like but anybody niggas, can say anything, yeah. right? Yeah, like, but niggas know that's right. Cause know that's right. I mean, it's some broke nigga deserve it. <laughs> yeah, you right too. You right too. <laughs> Theoretically, everybody deserves love. <laughs> <laughs> just maybe a different, a different, a different person. So, <laughs> are you the only child? Nah, I got a little sister. She is. She's four years younger than me, oh, 29. That's what I'm saying. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shout out Eat, Sleep, Swim. She's a swim instructor, man, for like oh. uh, local local uh, grown folks and babies, autistic people and elderly. Hey, Teach them son, how to swim, man. Too, I gotta give him uh, sleep, swim. My sister, actually, my sister, she's an occupational therapist. Yeah, same. And, uh, and, well, you probably know her. She went to uh, FAMU, Charday. Word. Uh, you probably too young. Charday, Washington? Yeah. Yes. What? What? <laughs> she was just in town last weekend for yeah. the, uh, for the FAMU. For the drop day, whatever. Yeah, I, I be out there. I dropped off. I had to go to Monroe. That's why I go. So with. my sister and her have connected. She live in L.A. Yeah, she, yeah. She, my sister may be going out there to do some work with her business. I because, did. I did marketing doing, for her. She doing. Specific, I did marketing for her last week. Well, like three. Weeks, I'm sorry. Last month. She <laughs> doing specific swim stuff now, like with her uh, her student. That's what made me think about the aqua the aqua yeah. therapy. Yeah, they are they are already connected. Look at that. Yeah. So man, that's, 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 that's my girl, man. I fuck with Charlotte. Yeah, yeah I didn't my, know that. Did I know that? I don't think so. A lot of people don't know, but that's my big sister. Wow. If you look at us, look at our picture, we look alike. We got the same eyes. You know what? And your last names is both Washington. <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I said it. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Yeah. So next time we talk, I talk about Taylor Harris, which is obviously my last name, Harris. But yeah, man, that's my yeah. little sister. They've connected many times. My sister may be going out to LA to work with her, man. It's a small that's world. A small world. So everybody's a small world. Small world, man. Anything else, man, you want to promote? Um... I appreciate this, man. The book, the, obviously the event tomorrow, if y'all going to cut this part out, it's called Get Lit with MailChimp Reading Series. They're, 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 they're honoring this. some of the employees that have written books, me, my brother Austin L. Ray, and a bunch of other writers from Atlanta. We're going to be on stage uh, reading ex- excerpts from the book. So I try, I didn't try to spoil too much today on this one, but it's going to be some more. Elders, hopefully he'll be there, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'm going I'm to I'm try. Free food, free drinks, like it's, I mentioned. Free tomorrow. Books. You said it's tomorrow? Yeah. yeah Thursday, um, mm-hmm. Thursday the 24th at 7.30 p.m. at the Plaza Theater. Make sure you stop That's by Jenny's. Yeah, right there, man. Yeah, Right by the Urban Outfitters. Right by the Urban Outfitters. You can find more about the book at homelessindallasbook.com. Uh, we got a couple recap videos. Uh, we did a book talk at Rice back in June. That's up there. Yeah. Shout um, out to Blue. Shout out to Michelle Blue. That's right, man. That's my oh, girl you too. Was on Blue, okay. Yeah, Blue. Blue. No, I was on Blue. Well, we was on Blue for the first book a few years ago, but she was the host of the um Hello, fine ass. of the <laughs> of the book talk at Rice. Um, and then just in general, man, I got a newsletter I come out with about once or twice a week. I came out with one earlier this week on on uh on Sunday evening of this week, but um. It's called For Lack of a Wetter Bird. It's pretty much just me talking about stories 
life lessons, predicaments, uh, just trying to see how fast the good news can travel. So y'all subscribe to that as well. Or just find out about uh, what I do for small businesses at TroyHarris.me. We fundraise, we do work for marketing um, for small businesses trying to to take themselves to the next level or big businesses trying to stay up there. So I know that's a lot, y'all, but appreciate you. Episode 235 in the books. Hands in the bush, man. I told y'all I gonna get it in. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe him. Oh yeah, that's it right there, man. So, um, y'all check it out. You can order signed copies straight off the book. That was my mama laughing at the story I read <laughs> about her. My son came up, man, from Florida. Why you love. put the keys man, on the table? Key less because home homeless homeless. Yeah, yeah it's like right. a. But most people, ironically, think it's about the keys, like DJ Khaled. But honestly, yeah. I thought it would be a good little like tie connected to the uh, to the homes. Yeah, but, look, uh, look the blue. That's it, man. And I had a nice shirt on that day too, man. Like, nigga, ain't nobody looking at you. I, ain't, <laughs> I ain't been able to wear. No, no, blue. That's my girl, man. That's so you ain't been able to wear because it's on uh, camera. I know, man. No, I ain't been able to wear because it's blue, on the damn TV. So now everybody gonna be like, "That's the shirt he wore." The thing I gotta wait like maybe. A- you crazy? I don't wear so many the same outfits on this podcast. <laughs> hey, we, you know, we don't change clothes. We change places. <laughs> right, right. I wore when, all the same. Son man. Came when up, bro- that's what's up. Yeah, grown, my son came up, man. It was good for him to see his dad. Up there, and and like if if y'all know, like if you give me on camera, I got a book. This will be the last thing yeah, I say. I love that tattoo right here, man. It's the book of Eli. His name is Eli's birthday. It's April twenty fifth. That's four pages, two pages, five pages. So if you'll see, like I'm always trying to like have my story and his maturation sort of live through me the best it can. So he kind of already sees himself. Bro, when I, when I think places. about your, when he reads this at a certain age, you'll see the first page said for Eli dedication. Yeah. But like I was saying earlier, off pod. Reading this at different ages, you know, a fifteen-year-old reads this than the twenty-year-old yeah. reads this. Yeah, you know, he's on, he's on hit different. You know what I'm saying? So that's dope. That's dope. What's up, man? Hey, I'm proud of you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Look, Elders, I'm proud of you, my brother. Keep going. And look, next time you go to Vegas, let me know. Don't hit the 15 if they come up in blackjack. I, I, I know. We, we going to November. Yeah, we going to Vegas in November, man. Yeah, I boy, gotta hit my, my boy up my, out there. My boy, keep. Matter of fact, my birthday. We potting. In Vegas, Word. for cute birthday. Man, look, you need to hit up my boy Justin Jackson, bro. He work at Chick-fil-A, man. He's about to be an operator really soon, man. He may be a good somebody. He's from Atlanta. Grew up, off, grew up yeah, off we're going to be out there with all the equipment. We're about, we yeah, about to have some. Yeah, a couple of days, about three days. I may, days, I may have to I may put y'all in tune, man. And he know how to gamble his ass off. So. That's what's up. No, it's no, Well, look, man, we say this every week, man. We love y'all. We need y'all, but most importantly, can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Just, Just Elders Podcast. City with T.I. Outcasts and Uwe. Everybody know about Atlanta. It's just a cool G. Everybody know about the scammers, about the trappers, and where we living now. It's just that lifestyle. Turn on my podcast. I'm trying to hit it real now. Hear perspective. We want to keep it real now. Every day we on the grind. Sometimes it's hard to tune out the outside. Oh, It's just Eldridge. It's just Eldridge. Tune in on the podcast. Tune in on the podcast. Yeah, real things, you know we gon' last. Yeah, kick it back, kick it back, kick it back.